<laughs> All right, I'm recording. Oh, Yay. Good. Well, all I have to say is I have I have no cold open. I just I've been tired, but I also nice. I, but it was yeah I, because I really want to talk about how much I hate one of these movies. But we'll get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But um, yeah, no, I was like I don't know what to do for the opening, and then I was like we've done Shallot the last two episodes. I'm like, what am I gonna say? You know, like, Dreamscape more like Scream Rape, which is what I do if a Snake Man came towards <laughs> me in my dreams. See, I'm very tired. The woman in red, the woman is dead if she's sleeping next to Gene Wilder at any point. Even tired, though, they just roll off your tongue. They just roll off the tongue. Sheena, more like peen, uh, which is what Ted Wash says as his erection comes to vibrant life. It's, it's, he summons it. Peen, ah. Uh. <laughs> This Much like all gold. <laughs> well, it's in there now. This now I don't have to see. I don't gold. have to <laughs> There you go. We're uh, one minute and uh, eleven seconds in, and I've made <laughs> I've made podcast gold. Let me drink some coffee. Mm. Mm. Those might make my uh, next Golden Sheila's favorite shallot <laughs> moments ever. Wow. Just a tired, cranky jean. Cranky jean. <laughs> I just called to say I love episode 58 yes. of opening weekend. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. Oh, God. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I'm barely awake, and I am once again joined by my dear, more awake friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisse. And this week, we look back to August 17th, 1984, and the weekend's three major releases, Dreamscape, starring Dennis Quaid and Kate Capshaw, Sheena, starring Tanya Roberts, and Ted Wass's Urgent Erection, and... (laughs) The Woman in Red, starring Gene Wilder, Kelly LeBrock, and Gene Wilder's Urgent Erection. But before we dig into the week's movies, where were we all in August of 1984? We're back to the 80s, boys. If only he had more urgent direction. (laughs) (laughs) Because he also directed it. You won the contest. I don't remember where I was. You go first, Fred. What grade and what grade do you think you were in and what actual grade were you in? Guys, 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 guys. You know exactly. Listen, we're talking. This this is. Wait, 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 wait. Hold (laughs) on. Yep. This was summer. This was the 80s. For longtime listeners, you all know, I want you to get ready. I want you to pretend like it's like the, it's the seventh inning stretch at a Yankees game. Ready? Let's hit it. Uh, 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 uh. It's fun to swim at the VBC. It's fun to swim at the VBC. You can swim in the pool. You can play in the mud. You can hang out with Damon and Suds. That's right. The BBC. For people who are just tuning in, for um, yeah, for, for, for the lender person who was like, hmm, let me look through Spotify. Let me see if there's a podcast about Dreamscape or Sheena. Or, oh, opening weekend. For first-time listeners... The BBC uh, are three magical letters that stand <laughs> for a magical place in my heart. For, for long-time listeners, you know, it's the Village Bath Club. Oh. The Village Bath. That's right. I, I, most likely, that's where I was around this time. Sure. Uh, August 1984, I was 
I just had my 12th birthday party. We went to see the last Starfighter. Great remember. Oh, right. Yeah, that was a last minute adjustment because we were supposed to do, we were supposed to do something else outside, I believe, but it rained. Or maybe, <laughs> did, che- did a Cheech and Chong movie come out around this time as well? Because mm, I feel like I saw, I feel like I saw, <laughs> or, or, or something, or like a- You were going to go to a Cheech and Chong movie as a 12-year-old for your birthday? No, <laughs> oh, wait a minute. No, you know what? I'm. I, I think I might be wrong about this. I think we were supposed to go see. I think we were supposed to go see the last Starfighter, but the projector broke down, and we ended up seeing Cheech and Chong, the Corsica the brothers. Corsican brothers, yeah. Did that come out around? I this think time? it did. I was going to so, say Corsican. Wow. Brothers. So yeah. that's what it was because I did see the last Starfighter in the theaters, but that. That's exactly what it was. Now that I think about it, mm-hmm. we were supposed to go for my birthday. We got there. Something was wrong with the projector or with the theater. It, it was actually, it wasn't even just the projector. It was the entire theater. Cause I remember we all had to like get in my mom's red station wagon and my dad's Cadillac. And we had to drive to a different theater. We just had to find something around that time that we could see. And right. all that was playing was Cheech and Chong, the, the Corsican brothers. And I was a little <laughs> nervous because all I knew from Cheech and Chong was, you know, they're more like adult humor from late night cable and whatnot. So I was thinking, oh God, what is this going to be like? I remember it wasn't, it wasn't very good. We were all disappointed because there weren't any, you know, racy pot jokes or sex jokes. And it was like a period piece, right? I mean, wasn't it like (laughs) the time of the Corsican brothers story? And oddly (laughs) enough, even though it was last minute, my mom still made me a Cheech and Chong cake. (sighs) It was in the shape of a giant joint. No, uh, no, I'm kidding. I I wouldn't put it past her. I absolutely bought that for like (laughs) half a a second. Yeah, she made you a condom costume. Why wouldn't she make you a joint cake? (laughs) Oh, come on. They're going to (laughs) experiment. Why not have a cake? No cake. No, there might have been a last Starfighter cake in anticipation, but I don't remember what that was. It was would probably have a Muppets been. Take Manhattan cake. Now nah, you're talking. Uh, no, because it, it correlated with the movie that we were going to see. I know that was the whole thing. So maybe maybe oh. it was a cake in the shape of Robert Preston, possibly, <laughs> since we were supposed to go see the last Starfighter. <laughs> Many people have said <laughs> Robert Preston is really more of a humanoid shaped cake. So he's more cake than man. He's more cake than man. Exactly. <laughs> Tom Carvel. Used to sell that. <laughs> Fudgy the world. Cookie push. Robert Preston. Well, if your birthday party was on a Wednesday, then he would say Wednesday <laughs> is Sunday. And then it would have made right. sense. You get two, two Robert Preston cakes. <laughs> you won the contest. Oh, oh and actually, you know what? This summer, I believe, speaking, I mentioned uh, Damon and Suds, who were my childhood friends from the VBC. I, I'm fairly certain and I think Damon would disagree with me here I think this is the the around the time in August 84 where I first met Damon actually oh, wow. who was uh yeah Damon a dear old friend of mine who's who's popped up in the podcast in in many yes. occasions just because we saw so many of these movies together but yeah I think this is around the time when I met him he disagree he thinks we met the previous summer but he's wrong Oh, there you go. And you have the microphone, so there, there yeah, you go. Yeah, Damon can't defend himself. I have the, the national ear Spotlight. listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> so what I say what goes. What nation would that be? <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know. Where, where does the Sheena take place? Uh, Tagora or something? <laughs> the Some Zoom ma- Zoom the nation. The made-up African nation of Tagora. nation of Zoom Zoom Berries. Dan, where were you? Uh, 1984 was great. You're talking, we've talked about this incredible, incredible year before. Most of what I was doing was watching wrestling. This is the year that Hulk Hogan defeats the Iron Sheik. Okay. 
this is the year that everything changes. This is the year that it all uh, goes crazy with the WWE. Used to be called the WWF until World Wildlife Fund kicked their ass. You're talking Gremlins, Temple of Doom, Karate Kid, Footloose, Ghostbusters, Terminator, Nightmare on Elm Street, Beverly Hills Cop, Police Academy. Now, were you guys allowed to watch Police Academy? I was not. Uh, I saw it later on. I didn't see it in the theater. I definitely saw it when it was on cable. Okay, we saw, that's but when we I saw, saw everything it on cable. Yeah, because mm-hmm. we had we you know we had the illegal you cable, had cable box. Cable. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This was this was the time when like watching anything that wasn't you know the fucking the never ending story. I had to sneakily watch it at my friend Nick's house or my friend Chris's house or my friend Dave's house because the, the, we didn't have cable. My parents right. refused to get cable. So this was like if there was anything even the least bit risque. You had to sneakily watch it. But I do remember getting our first VHS. That would have been around this time too, yeah, right? Sure. Yeah. Right around this time, going to the video store, the sort of, you know, you worked at a video store, Jason, mm-hmm. the little homegrown mom and pop video stores that were cropping up at every mini mall <laughs> that were kind of dirty and filthy, filthy. but were kind of awesome. Smell like cigarette smoke. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. They had a room in the back with like a beaded curtain. You didn't yes. go in there. There's always like a beat up copy of Up the Creek or something. Yes. Yeah, 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 exactly. You can see it. I can yeah. smell it. You can smell yeah. it oh. Yeah, and like Night Patrol and like all these weird movies that you <laughs> yes. look at the box and go, I never heard of this. What the fuck is this? And you'd take it home and go, oh, that's why I never heard of it. You know, <laughs> it was really terrible. But, but and all these horror movies, horror movies. Horror Star movies. 80. Yes. Yeah. Weird <laughs> stuff. But it would show up on cable and you'd watch it. At your friends' houses, right? Oh yeah, and, and you know, and also bootlegs, right? You anybody who had two VCRs, that's <gasps> yeah, how you that. would get. Or we're taping things off of cable, cable, you know, you, yeah. or like HBO Premium Cable. You would get the copies because we had one that had sixteen candles, Rage of the Lost Ark, and I think Tank with with uh, yes, with see James Gardner, yes. <laughs> yes, on the same <laughs> on the same uh, same videotape, oh, and we had God. another one. I think I mentioned this in the previous podcast that had uncommon valor and uh I, something else on it, the ter- terminator which was a gene hackman movie michael uncommon dudikoff's valor. greatest role ever in uncommon, uncommon valor. valor yeah i mean next to jim cotta well no next to a little movie called bachelor party which i hope we get of to it's gabe cotta gabe oh, oh i'm sorry oh, gabe. he played gabe captain and gabe cotta <laughs> bachelor party i believe just came out around this time yeah, as well bachelor party was this summer such too. such a good movie that was another one watched it on cable or on video at nick's house 436 times not even allowed to be near it at my house um when doves cry jump the heart of rock and roll sister christian oh, purple yeah. rain Eyes without a face. Yeah. What is that song about? Is it about to- <laughs> is it about is it about tote? Because it might be about tote. <laughs> round and round. Thriller. Fucking thriller. Thriller. Yeah, this is a big year. It was such a huge pop culture year. Huge, it's it, it's huge. an incredible pop culture year. Thriller was one. We didn't have very many albums. You know, mm-hmm. I had albums like Funny Bone Favorites and the wrestling album. <laughs> I had like novelty, stupid albums. Everybody had Thriller and The Wall. Those were the two actual album albums. And mm-hmm. Cheap Trick at Budokan. Those were the three albums that we <laughs> yeah. owned, that like my sister owned, that I would listen to on occasion. Did you guys have Thriller? Oh, yes. 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 Had it on cassette. Did. Had it on cassette. My oh, you sister had it on yeah. cassette? Yeah. We, we yeah. were mostly, I, yeah, I grew, I had a lot of cassettes. My dad always had albums and 45s. Yeah, because, you know, being a band leader, mm-hmm. he had to learn all the hit songs of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. I, wait, I need to do a quick... 
uh, a little segue because you reminded me, speaking of, you know, watching things surreptitiously and yes. the advent of the VHS, this reminds me this summer, I believe it might've been my second year at that Horizons day camp that I told mm-hmm. you guys, I mentioned that I've gone to where we did film and TV. <laughs> Filmmaking day with, camp. With, with Joshy Friedkin. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I watched all the great movies, Sorcerer, American Werewolf in London, all these great, you know, first time movies for me. But I think this summer there was this counselor. I don't remember his name but he was a really nice guy and and I really looked up to him and as I mentioned earlier we had we had the illegal cable box my dad got the illegal cable box so we had all the cable channels including nice. the Playboy channel oh jesus and nice. that was channel 45 Oh, even today, those numbers are, they're titillating to me. <laughs> and, uh, I wonder, like when I turn 45, I'm like, why am I walking around with a boner all day long? Uh-huh. But so I remember telling this. Ted Wass was coming out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. So I call him little Teddy, little Teddy, go down. Oh, boy. So th- this is, so I remember explaining that to this counselor and he was intrigued that I had the Playboy channel. And I think to impress him, I was like, Oh, you know, if you want, I can, I can make you a tape. Like I can, I can tape stuff for you. And, and he didn't say, Oh yeah, do that because that would be weird since he was a counselor and I was a, a camper, but he, he, again, he seemed intrigued by it. So he to, didn't not say no. <laughs> exactly. So to get in his good Ridiculous. graces, I was determined to make him this tape. So I remember what I would do. And I know my dad's listening to this and my mom might be listening. So, you know, I'm, I'm caught, caught, I guess. I was uh, every few weeks. You're like, I'm sorry. I robbed that bank. Mom. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead. We would, so we'd go to bed and then after everyone was upstairs, I would run downstairs and I'd put the tape in and I would set it because you could, you could, you know, set an automatic time. So I'd set it for like two in the morning. Right. And then I would quickly <laughs> change the channel to 45, turn the TV off, go upstairs. Then I would wake up. So at two in the morning, the TV didn't have to be on. It just needed to be on that channel. Right. So two okay. in the morning, the VHS word of life and would record what was ever was on channel 45, the Playboy channel. Then I would get up earlier than everyone, run downstairs, turn off the VCR, quickly turn the channel to like, you know, channel 11 or whatever the great space coaster was on. (laughs) And that was it. And I would do that every few nights until I had a compilation. And I remember, and I, and I put the sticker on it and I, and I called it everything you ever wanted to know about sex, dot, 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 and more. <laughs> and I made it for him. And, but I never, unfortunately, I never, I never got it to him. Oh, I never, well, I kept. Fortunately for him. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately for all of us. So why did this 11 year old give you a tape that says everything you wanted to know about sex? Hmm? <laughs> Yeah, How are you, you counseling this child? You dummy, you couldn't write the last Starfighter on it or Dreamscape uh, or something. I mean, you, so give me if a you're if you're listening, Ted Wass, I still <laughs> have your tape somewhere. I'm sure I have all your grainy porn. <laughs> Jesus. Well, anyway, the, sorry. That was a genius way of doing that. First of all, you're brilliant. Uh, second yeah. of all, no one will ever trust you again. <laughs> Because Jason's absolutely right. Every few weeks, you're like, here's how I lied and cheated everyone. Here's how I fooled everyone. Unbelievable. Oh, oh my God. And also, the third thing is, I'm sure your dad knew. 
Come on. The parents, they <laughs> oh, always sure. know. Or your mom. I, I, I was not that ambitious. I, I remember <laughs> any, no, any, any small lie, just, you know, I went to go see Cannonball Run 2 with a friend, but I didn't really want to go see Cannonball Run 2. <laughs> I wonder so why. I, so I, because it was Cannonball Run 2. And I remember being like, um, we could just, we could just go see Gremlins again. And, uh, God. and he was like, yeah, I liked Gremlins. I, I would go see that, but we're supposed to be seeing, like we were dropped off of the movie theater to see Cannibal Run 2. And we had a big crisis of conscience about like, but we were, but we were supposed to see that one. Will we get in trouble? I, this is at the time when you just think will God Dom is DeLuise watching. Will Dom DeLuise find out? No, you just think like God <laughs> will punish you for anything that you say. It's, it's Catholicism. Wait. Where you think like, I said yes. I was doing this. And now I'm going to have to keep up this. I'll have to say, yes, Lonnie Anderson's very good on film. <laughs> she should she should transition from, from series television. No, you know, and she should, I, she I should no do idea. Shakespeare. I, I don't know what she can do. Wait, yeah. Campbell Run was R, though. That was R. No, I think it was P. I think Campbell Run 2 was like PG. Everything was oh, like they, watered. Oh, they eased off on it. Watered oh, okay. right the fuck down. I don't know if Cannibal, was Cannibal Run 1 R? I didn't remember that being. It there probably were, wasn't because they didn't really. I mean, all you saw, you saw Adrian Barbeau's cleavage. <laughs> but, which I remember very, very, very. Clearly. <laughs> Fred could do a travelogue through the 80s of every movie that had, had even the hint of nudity in it. And that, this should be your, that should be your magnum opus, Fred, is just like <laughs> a big like tome of like, here's everything. PG, Cannibal Run 2. One hour and 48 minutes. How? How? One hour and 48 <laughs> minutes. But, um, yeah, so I remember, so, so I, I remember sneaking into Gremlins again and not being able to enjoy it because I was like, this is bad. I shouldn't be doing this. What a what a fucking what a little nerd. Um, was it more that you were upset that you all the unanswered questions from Cannibal Run weren't being answered because you weren't seeing the sequel? That, kind of. I was like, I, I am I letting Sammy Davis Jr. down on some level? Was he in this? He was in that with Dean yes. Martin. They played Will Terry Bradshaw reappear. Yeah, they they played uh, bookies who dressed up like it's priests. like Mad Libs. Uh, Cannibal Run Two is basically like you could just like write yeah. down any. Any celebrity you've ever heard of, or any weird profession, and put it together. And it's like, oh, that must have happened in Cannonball Run <laughs> too. <laughs> Richard Dawson must have been the Pope. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Maybe he was. I'm literally now. I'm remembering. Somehow, I'm seeing a poster in my mind <laughs> with Richard Dawson as the Pope. I know that didn't happen, but you know. With Cannonball Run too, anything goes. Um, he was actually Pope for a few years there, <laughs> right before John Paul II. Yeah, he was. You know, so they were like, oh, "Look at how gently he kisses all the unwilling women." <laughs> Family feud. That sly subtlety and craftiness is what we need in a Pope. I say, survey um, says, survey says. Uh, I did not have a VBC. I did not have a Village Bath Club. I my village my bath club was the beach. Uh, I went. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say it's the bathtub. No, oh, that would be better. No, I, uh, no. I remember. I was trying to think. I was like, what do I remember? You know, everything I think about at this time is is the movies and 
right. and drawing comic books and listening to Howard Stern like a madman. I mean, that was true. Every afternoon, 3 p.m., boom, WNBC was on WNBC. wherever I was. WNBC. Wherever I was. If I'm in my backyard, if I'm in the car, if I'm like, wherever I am, I had to have a little portable radio with me so that at 3 o'clock I could turn on Howard Stern. Mm-hmm. But um, Thank God you didn't see Gremlins for the second time at 3 o'clock. No, no. You, you would have felt really guilty. Yeah, no. You gotta, you I'm gotta, not gotta, seeing you, Cannibal Run 2 and I'm playing my little radio. You got to wrap that shit up at a 1230 screening so you can be primed <laughs> and ready and sitting with your, with your glass of lips and iced tea. <laughs> on the on the on the veranda. On the, oh, you Don Meredith. Basically, <laughs> sitting out in the backyard on a dirt patch in the backyard, little, little folding chair, <laughs> and, and a transistor a radio. Transistor radio, like an elderly man listening to Howard Stern. Uh, so no, nothing's that, changed. Yeah, it's getting worse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, we, we would every morning is a very uh, nice memory. My sister and I would we'd get up really early every day in the summer. If it was nice weather at all, if the sun was out, my grandfather would get us up at like seven thirty, eight, And we would like mm-hmm. go to the beach together. There's a little beach on Long Island. It's called Centerport Beach. It's near the um, anybody who knows Long Island, there's the, the Vanderbilt Museum and Planetarium. It's like it's this beautiful little area, really pretty twisty roads that lead to this very tiny i always said it was like a private beach it's very small i mean you get like a little you know you get a little beach sticker from the the town of centerport each you know and you can come and go and and, you know it's beautiful and very very i mean it was always like a, a handful of people spread out across the beach it was very small and secluded but really beautiful and that's where my sister and i learned how to swim and my, and my grandfather would just take us there every morning uh-huh. we would go and set up a blanket and where my grandmother would make like little egg sandwiches on italian bread and we'd wrap them up in tin foil and put them on the dashboard when we get there you know of the car you know, of the car and they'd be nice and hot we'd come out from swimming and around 12 o'clock we'd have our little lunch, our little egg sandwich for That's lunch. That's brilliant. We'd bring books and magazines and little puzzles and things. We'd just like hang out and you know, play on the beach. This is so idyllic in Norman Rockwell. Dan is watching sweaty men throw each other onto right. mats. I am surreptitiously videotaping sweaty men and women. <laughs> but you're having like this beautiful, beautiful memory. Norman Rockwell. Yeah, like I was just going to say, let's unpack our really... three 1984s here. <laughs> disgusting, disgusting, <laughs> and lovely and wonderful. Yours. It was nice. It was very nice. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, oh, I should talk about this. It was such a, yeah, such a, such a special memory, you know. But then you would sully it by listening to Howard Stern at three o'clock. I would. Well, I have to, you have to have the, the, the counterpoint yeah. to all things, right? That's yeah. right. B- balance in the force. You know, my favorite part of listening to Howard Stern was when the, the crank callers, the people call up and they go, Zambuli, 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 Zambuli. Was that Baba Booey? Wow, it, you know what wow. it is. But that was the that was the tribe, right? Wait, wait, oh, wait. No. did Sheena yes, protect the Zambulis? No, you're, you're absolutely or right. Or the Baba Booies? <laughs> wow, everybody needs to be protected from Sheena. She was an innocent in a savage world. He was a stranger from a distant land. Their struggle against an overwhelming evil turned into a discovery of overpowering love. Sheena. She alone has the power to save paradise. In Africa, 
A young white orphan girl is raised by the shaman of the Zambuli tribe, played by Princess Elizabeth of Toro. What the fuck are you talking about? Because she believes the girl has been sent to her people as part of a mystical prophecy. The shaman teaches the child the ways of telepathic communication with animals, and in time, the girl grows up to be Sheena, queen of the jungle, played by Tanya Roberts. Sheena is soon called upon to save the Zambuli from annihilation by former American football sensation Prince Otwani, played by Trevor Thomas, who wants access to the tribe's precious stores of titanium. Sheena is aided by reporter Vic Casey, played by Ted Wass, and his penis Dick Casey, played by <laughs> played by Ted Wass's urgent pleading not to be sated erection, who fall for the white savior's various charms. Sheena was a flop, earning nearly $3 million over its opening weekend, but topping out at only $5.7 million. Fred and Dan, what'd you guys think of Sheena? I got to say, I just feel so vindicated right now because you guys, I've been talking about Ted Wass's straining erection in this movie I for know. a while now. Right. Right? Right? Absolutely. I've never right? seen it. You're, uh, you're very right. <laughs> I have a theory about it, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But I do have a theory because I, I it was it was one of those things I had to like rewind and pause and be like, is it? Wait a minute. I know what Fred's seeing, but is it Fred seeing it or is it the world seeing it? Right. Is it just a, f a fold of denim? No, no. No, it's when he has the sarong on. He's at got the, the end. sarong on. Yeah. It's at the end. It's the knot in the sarong, Fred. It's yeah, exactly. That's what he called it. <laughs> The knot in the sarong. That's what I'm, Jesus. That was the name. That was the name of one of the movies I taped on that VHS. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Oh no, God. that absolutely was not a knot in the sarong. Mm. That was the knot in his wong. That was, doesn't even make sense. That was Ted Wass's boner. And listen. I didn't see this movie when it first came out. Oh, I thought you what? saw it in the theater. I thought you said you saw no, it. No, 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 no. I oh. saw uh, I saw some other movie. I saw Woman in Red in the theater, and uh, I saw Dreamscape. I might have seen that in the theater. I definitely saw that right when it came on cable. But mm. with this, with Sheena, I saw it on cable. Uh, it was on a lot. I didn't really remember much of it because I just remember the time thinking it was terrible and like, this isn't for me. I don't want to see this. Uh, but I was very familiar with Miss Roberts' work from the Beastmaster. Right. Right. And, and this is before nudity. she was a Charlie's Angel and before she was a Bond girl. This No, this after was after Charlie's, Charlie's Angels. One yeah. year oh. before Bond because yeah. View to a Kill was the next year. Oh, yeah. interesting. But I, but I so I hadn't seen it in a while. And, then I, and years later when I was living on the Upper East Side with, uh, with our buddy Mike P., it came on and we're like, oh, let's watch this. Hey, oh. And <laughs> we were both, we're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We both saw the the knot in the sarong. <laughs> and we're like, what the hell? Oh, my God. And that was the only thing that we could talk about. Or so, you know, in, in revisiting this movie, that was all I really remembered. I'm like, I well, I just got to just build up to the boner, build up to the boner. Yikes. and. And, uh, you know, we can debate about lots of things. We can debate about, you know, whether, uh, I don't know, Seven is a, you know, is, is a brilliant modern day classic or, you know, the twists and turns and whatever 
movies, you know, and in, in, in whatever Akira Kurosawa films you want to talk about, Dan. But this, <laughs> Thank you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight you on this. That's, that's, that's little Teddy Wass down there. Wow. That's no, that's no, there's, that's no knot in the sarong. <laughs> we get him on the podcast. He has to be available. Is he alive? Ted oh, God, I, I don't know. So. I hope is his so. penis alive? More importantly, that's well. It's been through a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's been through this. George Burns. It met George <laughs> Burns at one point. It went right through George Burns. Right You're right. The cast of Soap. Now, let me say this about Sheen, if I may. Go ahead. This, I think, of all the movies we've seen, this might be the most consistently bad ensemble of actors. <laughs> In any movie that we've reviewed, there's, wow. there's really, I mean, even like Disorderlies is probably arguably the worst movie we've seen. I don't know if anything gets worse than that, just in terms of like actual movie making, filmmaking, as you've right. called it. It looks like a snuff film to you, Jason. Right. Yes, yes. This looks good. This actually is beautiful cinematography. Yeah. I was looking it up. It's uh, Pasqualino DeSantis who yes. won an Oscar for Zeffirelli's Romeo yeah. and Juliet. Yeah, no, it's, it, it looks Jesus. good. It's the best looking movie we saw this week. Definitely. Yeah. No, there's some mm. beautiful, there was some actually some really nicely framed shots. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's sort of gorgeous. Yeah. You know, obviously it's filmed on location, which, which helps a lot. Yeah. In Kenya, um, yeah. yeah. And the director, John Gearman. Yeah. He directed a lot of Tarzan movies in the fifties and the sixties. So, and he did, oh. uh, the he did 70s that King, King Kong. Kong. 76 King Kong. Yeah. The Towering yeah. Inferno. Oh, so with, he's with used Jessica Lange. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. guy directed Towering Inferno. Yeah. Oh yeah, shit. apparently, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, he knows how to stage some some big set pieces. Yeah. But it was really every single and you know, and no look, I I I enjoyed Ted Wass in uh, <laughs> Oh God You Devil. I think I sang his praises there, yeah. and maybe it was the material here, but I mean, every single person in this movie. It, it, oh, going back to Disorderlies, yeah, at least you had Ralph Bellamy there, you know, who <laughs> was doing he his barely best alive. Work. <laughs> he was <laughs> barely, he thought he was still in Sunrise at Campobello, sitting in that wheelchair. <laughs> But you, you sort of lower the expectations. Sure, like, well, sure, they're the sure, fat sure. boys, yes. so they're not going to be good. Right. But here is, you know, there's, I guess there's though. a certain pedigree, but what, <laughs> which they sort of, they weren't, I wish they were a little heavier actually. In Me that too. Movie. Me too. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. No, every single person in this cast is horrendous. Come on. The <laughs> fat guy from police Academy was good. He was good. No, no, he wasn't. Oh, okay. Nobody, really, nobody no. was good, but nobody, <laughs> nobody struck me as the worst thing I've ever seen, except Tanya no. Roberts is quite, although Kate was watching, she was like, she was like, I, I don't even know if it's that poor woman so much as like this, what she has to say. Cause she's very oh, yes. earnest and she's trying. Yes. Yeah. She's it's very, a lot of head acting. It is a it's lot. a Yeah. It's a lot of throwing the, throwing the head back and going, I'm Sheena. Like she, <laughs> she, it's very big, but she's also goddamn Sheena. She's, she's Sheena. queen of the jungle. She's the white savior. So how can you not do that line yeah. with like, oh, yeah, exactly. It's a white, it's, it's, you know, it's a white oh savior. It's ridiculous. To the point where the, the movie starts and the, a, 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 a white baby toddles out of a cave and they're like, ah, oh, thank God the children one who will actually turn this tribe around. <laughs> tribe around. Yeah. Well, it's true. That's what they say. Like, ah, the prophecy of the, of the infant who can do nothing and could be killed by anything to lead us. You know, that's a little, it's more uh, than a little, agreed. it's a lot. It's a, but, lot. Uh, it's it's a lot. But I love this movie. <laughs> Me too. Did you? Me what? too. 
I enjoyed the oh, hell out of it. It's it fucking great. It was, it's it's camp. a camp it's, classic. Thank you. It's straight it's up camp. camp. It's so much. But I don't think they were making camp. No, they're not making you camp. You may be right, but it's enjoyable on that level. I Absolutely. Was, I was grinning ear to ear through most of this thing. Partly I was grinning because of the incomprehensibility of the plot. I was oh. like, what is this guy? He's a football player, but he's also a prince, <laughs> but he also wants to kill everybody. What is happening? <laughs> I, I, you know, the nature, I was like, come on, Changa, the animal's doing, I was like, this is great. The elephant is the best performer in the movie, easily, by far. He's fantastic. Don't call the guy from Police Academy that, please. Oh, no. oh you're talking about the actual elephant. <laughs> no. <laughs> I found and the section the the, the the shots of I mean first of all I was like this is PG she's full frontal How naked this not for the like, PG thirteen like, movie like, like I know it's the one PG movie of the week everything else is right. PG thirteen and it's and this she's is, just naked this is Skinamax so every time she's on that zebra I'm yeah. like oh my it's just which focusing. is a painted horse of course it is yeah. What are, that, what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about right now? Not, they're what? not zebras in the movie. It's a it's a horse with stripes painted on it. You're lying <laughs> no, to me right now. No, I thought it at first. How I was do you like, know this? Well, Kate. I well, I found, I looked it up because Kate was like, oh. "That's a horse. That's not a zebra." And I was like, and I had that thought earlier on, mostly because in one of the shots, I was like. Boy, that doesn't really, it, the stripe was painted poorly. The stripes were painted. It was a little like, it was like gray. And I was like, huh, it looks like the stripes are wearing off of that zebra. And then Kate Stop was like, it. she's like saying, see, that's not a zebra's tail. That's a horse's tail. See the color, uh, you know, the mane isn't fully it should be black all the way to the ends of the of the the hair, but of the mane. But it's actually it stops halfway. She, she was Those pointing out the reason. horses. Yeah, and then I looked it up, and it was like, yes, they painted horses to look like for the movie. But then at the same time, I'm like, but these are fucking elephants. Like they were on location, but maybe you just can't ride a zebra like that. And they were like, well, it's better than just having her ride a horse. We'll paint a we'll paint a horse, and it'll look like she's riding a zebra. I don't know. I don't know how rideable wow. a zebra is. I can't speak. Um, Were they ever going to call this movie "They Paint Horses"? Don't they? Or, or not? Uh, I can't believe that. This is, you know, there's a Simpsons where they make them the, the radioactive man movie, and the, and the, the stagehands are like, yeah, "Horses don't look like horses on film. You got to paint cows or whatever." <laughs> they like paint, they're painting cows to be horses. That's what it is. I think that was the idea. It's like it's like this is going to wow. look much more zebra-like if we just paint a horse. Believe what me. What looked what looked more realistic? The horse painted as a zebra or the flamingo puppets? That someone from off camera was the just best. hitting Amazing. Tanya Roberts with. Amazing. How do you get better than that? I was cackling like a lunatic. I was so like, good. those are flamingo. But first of all, flamingos? Flamingos? You're right, Fred. It's terrible, but it's so wonderfully terrible. It's yes. so delightfully terrible. Absolutely. I, I, I just had, I really did have a lot of fun watching it. because And the scene where, oh my God, I was like, let me, let me see if I can find what I wrote here where I was like, Oh, this is going back to Ted was. I said, I said, I can see the hard on in his eyes. He's so good. I don't even need to see his khakis to know he's hard. So, and then, and then there's the scene. He's climbing that tree, a tree that literally you can't climb because it's there's nothing to hang on to. But they're scaling it like Spider Man, basically. Well, there's clearly right? a ladder there's, on the back side right, of it. It's clearly a ladder. a ladder. So they're doing it, but of course he's having a difficult time because it's clearly a tree that's not meant to be climbed. And, but you know, where there's a will, there's a way though, because she's in front of him and literally 
You watch it. I was like, this is amazing. Her ass and vagina are like basically in his face yeah. the whole time, guiding him up the tree. You're like, oh, that's how you climb an unclimbable tree. You send Ted Was, horn dog Ted Was, Ted Was up the tree behind a, a woman's perfect ass. And then he will find a way to make it up. And then when he can't anymore, her pedicured foot comes yeah, down and comes he grabs down. that. This movie's amazing. It's I don't great. I don't know what's happening and it's I don't great. care. It's it is fantastic. Well, here's the thing. Not that I look. Tanya Roberts is th- this. This week actually had two of the most gorgeous women on film. You know, between Kenny, Kelly LeBrock yeah. and Women Red and Tanya Naked Tanya Roberts bouncing on a zebra. Gilda Radner <laughs> and Sheena. Well, uh, we'll talk. But so. But to me, I was watching this. And I'm like, it's so obviously supposed. To, they're supposed. They're supposed to be making this about like female empowerment. Oh sure. You know, right. but it's total exploitation. Because I thought about the same thing too. I mean, every shot of her on that zebra, oh God, it's moves. right on the boobs, just bouncing along <laughs> yes. forever with that with that bad Vangelis like music oh my going. God. And then and I thought so about good. the same thing too when they're going up and down the tree. It's just shots. It's all from below and just her. Ass and crotch coming down. Ass, yes. Is it actually Vangelis? It was no, it actually they because couldn't get Vangelis. Not for this. Because he wasn't available. Van Johnson. <laughs> he was. Not, he was too jealous to be a part of it. Now listen. The, 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 it's no, so funny listen. you say Van Johnson. I'm sorry to cut you off, but it's so funny you say that because because Taylor was watching a few minutes of it and she was like, "That's the Chariots of Fire." I mean, this clearly ripping yes. off Chariots of That's Fire. That's exactly what and doing. a little bit ripping off. Who's going to drive you home? It's a little bit of that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Ben Orr of the Cars was very mad about this, but, but it was also like that music was used in the poorest possible way and this yeah it should have been drums it should have been bunk 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 exactly the prison break the monkeys are attacking people it's the weirdest music yeah every time she gets on the zebra right it's it's so odd i i I wish i had a better time watching the movie i was like what is this music as she chases a villain this is not chasing villain music no not at all (laughs) they're just recycling the young bunk bing bong bong that the freaking you know cars meets vangelis thing Um, you're exactly right. for, And we said the same thing. There is one truly great scene in this movie, and it is great. It's when Damn. the lions get on the car and in the car. That's really That's fun. That's a terrific really good. scene, and it's really good. And I watched a little interview with the with the guy. The, I that was a ter- how was that a terrific scene? I loved that. I mean, that it was is a great. fun scene. It's fun yes. that the lions are there. I thought the breakout where the, the monkeys and the, the, the she, elephants are working all, to together. Yeah, I thought that great. was a very fun but scene. Fred, she swings off the vine, lands on the hood of the car, comes down, and in her most most in, in her most earnestly delivered line of the movie says, Do you want to die? You know, it's fucking great. And then <laughs> all the lions come out, and and the one lion is in the guy from Police Academy's face. And I watched a little a little thing with him. You can find this clip on uh, YouTube. It's uh-huh. like the H, you know, you said this movie was on HBO a lot. It's the HBO sort of promo, like this month on HBO, <laughs> Sheena. <laughs> and they're talking about the making of it a little bit. Two hilarious things. He's feeding that lion just below frame, which is why it looks like the lion's head is constantly in his crotch, which is oh, hilarious. But he's funny. feeding it meat below the frame uh, to keep it in the car and stuff. And number two, at the end of the at the end of that HBO thing, Tony Roberts is like, "Yeah, I didn't realize." <laughs> she says something like, "We're going to be in Kenya," and I was like, "Oh, I was so nervous. I've never been to Africa before." And I was so afraid of you know 
living in tents and having gorillas come in in the middle of the night or lions or, you know, no water, freezing cold showers, you have a bucket, that's it. You know, no light, no electricity, just, you know, I don't know what, candles. Or, but we've been in great hotels. Sheena, this month on HBO. What the fuck are you talking about? That's <laughs> how the thing ends. Watch that hysterical. thing on YouTube. It's hysterical. It's as campy as anything else in this movie. Craft Services totally... was quite good for yeah, uh, in the heat. I don't know how they kept the food fresh, but how did they Gina. get burritos? <laughs> um, I loved it. I totally agree with you, Jason. It is high camp of the highest it's order. Really it is fun, fun, fun. Funny. I was smiling ear to ear. Tanya Roberts is. Leaps and bounds better than what's her face in uh, in uh, what's that stripper movie? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is that called? Oh, Elizabeth Berkeley. Yeah. yeah, which is supposed to be you know has <laughs> has camp is. value, but it's unwatchable because it's so bad and so insulting. This is not unwatchable. This has actual full on camp value, and I I was I, I was I was pretty riveted this entire time. <laughs> the, the the flamingo scene alone, Fred. It's you so have funny. Pub, and then she there's so the many she things to talk about in this movie. The thing she does oh, to call. She them, goes, and I she says, I have a headache. I was laughing. My head hurts. And the oh woman next to her is like, hmm, that seems legit. Hmm, let me see if I have some Excedrin. Oh, wait, you're calling flamingos in. <laughs> and then the way she falls out of that fucking thing, it's like oh, she's God. leaping out of it. It's, it's so a, They funny. don't tilt the, the, the helicopter. They tilt the frame, and it looks like she jumps out. There's so much to love in this I will, movie. I will Sorry say this. If it was any better... I mean, if it was any Fred's better face. or any, if it was more earnest or if it was even a little bit better, if it tipped more towards good movie or normal movie, then it would be hard to enjoy it, which exactly. is like the showgirls thing, because it's exactly. like, it's like tr if it was trying, it, this feels like it just wants to be this. What It doesn't feel like it wants to be anything other than this. If it right. felt like it was trying to be Wonder Woman, I'd have more issues with it because it is all of that bullshit of like. She's the hero, but we've got to have a guy come in and say, you know, she can't have the last heroic act like she has to kill the villain. But then she needs to be in peril. So Ted Wass can come in and, and crash his Jeep into the other Jeep and get all Burn these, these to terminal burns. I mean, but it's like all that nonsense that I would normally be like, look, this is not forward thinking. You can't pitch this as like a great no. female superhero. But unless you're going to unless you're going to spoof it, unless you're going to spoof yeah, it. Right. So it should have been her picking him up at the end rather exactly. than him picking her up at the end. I was like, why is she not picking her, him up? It's just but nonsense. That, that crap. You mentioned it. I'm so glad you mentioned when he crashes his car into the <laughs> place kicker slash prince's car. And he's just rolling it, around is, burning. Uh, that is collision course level. Yes, I mean, remember collision yes, course? Where, yes. With, 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 uh, where pa Pat Morita kicks a man's head off by jumping yeah. through the windshield. Yes. And Jay Leno. It's that level because that comes out of nowhere. <laughs> and know. suddenly both cars are flipping over and on fire Ted Wass, which is the only thing who, <laughs> that can bring down his boner, is when he's on fire, is rolling around in the desert. Brilliant. Fred, come on. Oh, I mean, I mean, bad, but great. Um, I can't believe that you guys enjoyed it so much. I enjoyed it yes, so much. It is. I guess I can see what you're so saying. Good. I mean, I, I was laughing. I laughed a lot. I laughed more at this than I did at the woman in red. Uh, and for, 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 for very different reasons. I mean, the flam yeah, the flamingo, it was B movie schlock, which I mean, on one hand I kept thinking, I mean, this guy did make, yeah, yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm being generous. C movie like movie. I said, <laughs> 
Sheena say. <laughs> this guy did make Tarzan movies, and it was even like you know Ted Wass's dialogue, everything with baby. Hey, baby, we got a story here. Hey, baby, yeah. they were going for that style, and if they were going for that style of yeah, of that rid- the ridiculous shots of her swinging through the jungle, then yes, you, you're you're doing a bad schlocky Tarzan movie, and they got that. But it, yes, oof, I don't know if I. You didn't enjoy I, I didn't have it. half a good time as you guys did. The best oh, part of the movie. This is this is the dichotomy of the movie where you're like, my gosh, it's actually really beautiful. It's very well made, and then something makes you laugh till you cry. The, yes. For me, the moment where the shots of um, the shamans dying and the animals yes. are behind digging she was the good, earth. Elizabeth of Toro. I thought she was, I thought she was very good. She's a bonafide prince. Oh, She's I, a bonafide I, princess. I, I, I yeah, I know. That, literally, I, I kept looking. I was like, I was like, that can't be the name of the act. It's like Princess of Toro. Let, let's not. Uh, she has a title. She's not an actor. She is the princess exactly. of Toro, and she She's wanted to make legit. a movie before she died. So anyway, so she's dying there, and the animals are digging the grave, and it's a beautiful shot. It's a beautiful shot. It's it's actually really gorgeous. The yeah, locations I that are so one like, as well. And I was like, it's so beautiful. And I was like, it's beautiful, precisely. It should be ridiculous, but it's not because they're not naming it. Like she's laying there, you know, she's weak. And right. the, the elephant is just digging and there's something beautiful about it. It gets ridiculous, though, because they can't help themselves from having the actress say, leave me in the home Changa has made for me, which is really <laughs> funny to say. No, Sheena, just just roll me into this hole that our elephant friend who has a name, of course, Changa made Changa. for me. I thought I was like, this is beautiful. And then I laughed so hard. I cried. And I was like, how this roller coaster of emotion must must be noted for what it is. Now, I'm not going to say this is a high Sheila movie for me, but I enjoyed it. Oh, it is for me. Oh, it it? is for me. Listen, first things first. When you uh, were at the Eagle's Nest, did you ever say, leave me in the hole Changa has made for me? Because it's probably the same thing and it's made by animals, namely you. Number two, <laughs> number two, this is actually a beautiful moment. He, in not, you know, not terrible makeup, you see his burned skin flaking off and, and it's, it's pretty, you know, it's pretty horrific looking and it's like, ooh, 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 he's actually really burnt. His face is fine, of course, because, you know, that, Ted Wasp like, was. you can't touch the moneymaker, <laughs> but he's really burnt. And then his dialogue there, I hope you can cut this in because I'm not going to get it right. Oh, but yeah. he says something like, uh, all I can think to say is shit. Yes. Yeah. He that was his last line before he dies. It's Yes, I wrote that down. Laughing. Oh, I can crying think of to say this shit. I know. Yeah. I was like, yep, that sums up this movie in <laughs> a thousand ways, but in a thousand good ways. Former Charlie's Angel Tanya Roberts was chosen from over 2,000 actresses to play Sheena, the heroine whose beauty is matched by her courage and bravery. Well, she's uh, great looking, first of all. Uh, it's a uh, first impression. I think she has a color of uh, blue eyes that... Um, you don't see every day. Oh no. Oh no. Oh no. Don't get a boner. Don't get a boner. No, 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 no. Say what you mean. Stop using words you know I do not understand. There's so much more to talk about with this movie. We could go on and on. Again, I'd give the flamingo attack sequence Good. probably 10 Sheila's. Yeah. Everything else, maybe. <laughs> 
This is meant to be, if you take this movie and Mystery Science Theater, it, it the, that, what oh, joy. For sure. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, what yeah. joy. For sure. What joy. For sure. They kill the other main villain, the, the I guess he's like South African or, or something, the, the, the Jorgensen. He's like the, the, the oh, white yeah. guy that is yes. hired. They kill him. that fucker in cold blood. He yeah. has given up. He's given up. He's, He's like, surrendered. Right, cool. And they stab him through the throat in a PG, in, the in a rated PG movie. It's amazing. <laughs> I was like, they're wow, like, they're really you. digging in with this guy. I'm <laughs> <Just laughs> digging into his throat. I thought it was amazing. That's what I mean. Like, they're just yeah. really like, yeah. be quiet while I finish impaling <laughs> you. It's really, I was like, this is supposed to be the heroic character. It can't be enough that I can roll with it and enjoy it whether it was the intention or not it just hits a very funny sweet spot for me and the same and the same thing with tony roberts's performance it is just this side of okay you know it's far better than what elizabeth berkeley is doing in showgirls it's far better and and, and yet there are times when you go oh tony roberts boy like, oh boy oh, yeah yeah I'm, you really <laughs> you camping it up to the sky but you know, with the head like normal human behavior, like things that right. you do, where you're like, "Wow, did you, yeah. you really thought about how how do I touch a person? How do I hug? Yeah. How do I <laughs> lift rock? You know, I mean, there's like, there's certain things where it's like you're thinking way too hard about the mechanics of normal human behavior, <laughs> of but being a regular person, you right. don't. Sheena doesn't lift rock. Changa lift rock. That's true. Right. I'm so sorry. Changa lift rock. Changa does give Changa a shout out. He does the heavy lifting in this movie. Yeah, you don't, and so does uh, the what's under the sarong. Now listen, the <laughs> the not in the sarong, the ABC <laughs> Thursday night movie will return, uh, starring Meredith Baxter Burney. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and give Sheena. Is it Sheena or Sheena Queen of the Jungle? It's is just it, Sheena. The comic strip was Sheena Queen of the Jungle, but for the movie, oh, okay. they just call, it's just called Sheena. It's just Sheena. Um, I give this movie a 7.75. <gasps> wow. I can't go as high as 8, but I'm giving it a 7.75 because it's highly enjoyable. Oof. I think it was the best movie we saw this week. Um, <laughs> and uh, honestly, you know, Ted Ross's Wang, I'm giving that a 9. So, wow. Yeah. Did you give yours, Fred? You said like, well, it's I said like the flamingo three. attack is like a 10 yeah, just sure. for the ridiculousness. Yeah. Ted Wass's uh, sarong knot. I'm going to give, uh, you know, a, a mega force uh, 15 Good. baby blue bandanas. And that, that's, that's off the charts. That's off the charts yeah. and yeah. off his, his chart, his chart. Yeah. But uh, I, I, this is like a three. Yeah. yeah. Ouch. I mean, it's a very, you know, it's very funny. Cause I, I wrote down like four at the end of like my notes. <laughs> I had like four shields. But then I'm th I'm like it, with the qualification that it's like not that this is a good movie. This is a this is a campy campy movie yes. that has some th some of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in the movie and actually looks good. Like it looked really nice on my television yeah. and it was and and had some fun stuff in it and it's just so ridiculous and I, I, I've got to go. I got to go above a five because I'm, yes, I'm, I'm like, you must experience. This is a recommendable movie. It's I, I'm going go six, to six, go six. Mm. You know, you want to give it a six. 
I mean, I'm going. This is this is a big leap. This is the biggest leap to go from uh, having written down a four to <laughs> a six. But I'll go. To, I'll go. For, I'll go for a six because I had so much fun. Yes. I'll go six. Dan. Yes. Dan has. <laughs> Dan has worked his his magic on me, and my beloved Pauline Kale gave it a good review. Apparently, that but, blew me away. Wow. I saw that as well. Yeah, because yeah. it got you know got pretty reviled as a, you know by by most critics, and then some mm. smaller critics liked it. And I was like, Pauline Kale enjoyed it because she was enjoying it as the campy you know throwback that it was. Yeah. So you if, know, you, if you're going in it with that, if you you know you're looking at it like that, I I see what you guys are saying, and yes, it could be fun to watch and just laugh and. The ridiculousness is, but I, yeah. No, I, I stand by your, your rate. I mean, some, somebody needs to talk sense here and you're the one talking <laughs> some sense, but we're. Before the, before this started, I was going to call to say, I love you guys. But now all I have to say is don't drive drunk. No, 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 no. Don't drive <laughs> drunk. Podcasters who love Sheena are mad. <laughs> My God. <sighs> <sighs> the woman in red. <laughs> A woman like this walks into a man's life only once. About seven years after he gets married and just before he loses his mind. With a woman at home and a woman at the office, how's he ever gonna get the woman in red into bed? Gene Wilder undoes every good thing we've ever thought or felt about him as Teddy, a man who spends an entire film trying to cheat on his wife with Kelly LeBrock, a woman who likes to dance over street grates in parking garages while hot sewer air blows up against her vagina. <laughs> the Woman in Red is based on a French film, which is probably what made Wilder think that pulling a Woody Allen and writing and directing multiple scenes of a gorgeous woman half his age, pretending to be infatuated and sexually interested in a person who looks like Gene Wilder could <laughs> come off as classy and provocative as opposed to a pathetic and straining the fabric of reality. The Woman in Red features Joseph Bologna as an asshole, Charles Grodin as an enabler, and Judith uh. Ivey as a human being. It also... <laughs> It also stars Wilder's wife, Gilda Radner, who must have thought, huh, as Wilder worked himself to the bone, filming scenes of himself naked in bed with Kelly LeBrock. Mm. The Woman in Red made $3.1 million over its opening weekend on its way to a total box office of $25.3 million, making it the most successful of the week's three films. Fred and Dan, what'd you guys think of The Woman in Red? You can tell what I thought. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm with you 100 percent on this. I, I didn't I mean, the, the main thing with this movie is I didn't laugh. No. And there are so many times in this movie where they Gene Wilder as writer, director, all the performance, including the great Charles Grodin, think earnestly, honestly, that what they're doing is funny and you just feel bad for them. <laughs> yeah. So much of this falls flat or doesn't even make it to the point of of being comedic. Like you 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 don't know why yes. it's such a great cast too. It's a terrific yeah. cast. You don't know why you're supposed to think that it's funny. You know what it's I mean? Just sad. Most of the time. Yeah. It's just really sad. And and I I grew up Loving Kelly LeBrock, you know, we were, we were 11, 12, 13 at this, at this time. Weird oh, yeah. Science. We've talked at length about Weird Science. We did a whole show about Weird Science. Kelly LeBrock was like, oh, 
you know, she was one of those women at this time that, you know, the young teenage preteen boy was like, oh, my God, she's gorgeous. But I never saw this movie until yesterday. Strangely, Mm. oddly, weirdly, it was one of those that was always on cable. It was one of those that, you know, was just just sort of there in the video store. And you'd go, oh, God, Kelly Brock, I should probably see this. Well, no, I don't. You know, my parents probably never let me see it or I shouldn't watch it or, it, you know, it slipped by me and you'd see clips of it or moments of it from time to time. Certainly the moment where she's standing on the sewer grate. But I also also remember thinking, oh, somebody said or some or I heard that she's barely in it. It's actually more Gene Wilder than her. So right. I never really, you know, it, 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 it eluded me. And 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 I'm glad because it would, you know, <laughs> uh, I would not have enjoyed it then, I don't think, uh, in the way that I enjoyed Weird Science or 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 things like that. So so this movie, um, it, it's hard to even say it, it tries hard because so much of this is just lazy. It's just lazy. And, and you go, this is the guy who wrote, you know, Young Frankenstein. I mean, fuck, man, this is a comic genius. This is Willy Wonka. And and he's just um, um, sort of lazing his way through it. The way this movie ends is is the a, most oh. an abomination. <laughs> it's the worst. It's thing. an abomination. It's the wor- It's like they had no idea how to end it, so they just dr- literally dropped yeah. him from the sky as he On the worst makes ble- the decision ever. Yeah, to make this de- to make the decision to essentially do this again. He's learned nothing. Nothing. He's learned nothing over the course of this movie. He does not have a crisis of conscience. It is just the fact that her husband shows up, who we never see. Yes. Because so she's also cheating. Oh, I guess it's women do this, too. It, basically, this this is one of those movies that tries to make it funny that, oh, everybody's a cheater or at least thinks about cheating. Even Charles Grodin, who you find out his character's gay yeah. midway through the movie. He does it. too. So it's like everybody. It's this movie that's trying to make it funny that hey everybody does this or something I guess. and it's like that's not that's not comically that's like okay in a in a moliere farce yeah. okay or 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 a, or a or a play like um boeing boeing or something you know mm-hmm. what i mean because mm-hmm. it's treated in a way that people ultimately get their comeuppance. Yes. You yeah, know? A lesson is learned by the end. Yeah, yeah. The, a yeah. lesson is learned yeah. exactly. There's no lesson learned. There's no comeuppance in this. It's just setting up what are supposed to be comic situations. I thought the funniest thing in this, and I was like, give me an hour of that, is when Gilda Radner, Gilda Radner. Uh, um, um, keys his car and then bends the bends the antenna of his car while he sits there and doesn't do the Gene Wilder thing. Are you crazy? What are you doing? Here? He doesn't do that. He just sits there and calmly watches, watches her it. do it. Mm-hmm. That was the one moment I chuckled. I was like, that's comically viable. That's funny. Gilda Radner's the best thing about the movie. Maybe the only good thing about the movie, For in my sure. opinion. And I that's the one thing I remember from when the movie came out is I read a review because I was just, you know, just absorbing movie reviews and all that stuff at the time. Right. And the only thing I know about this movie is somebody saying basically that the only good moment is Gilda Radner keying his car. So I kept waiting for oh, yep. Gilda Radner is hmm. going to key his car at some point because because yeah. 30 years ago I read something saying that was funny. <laughs> and and yeah. sure enough, you're right. And then here you are yeah. saying the one moment that I left was. Yeah, I. I and it's I, because I, he's I, doing a Gene Wilder take as he's watching her. He, he is he is. He's deadpanning yeah. like 
I can't believe this is happening rather than going crazy. That's hilariously funny. I mean, I'm know? not I'm not joking when I say that thing about like he ruins everything. I, I mean, I was like, oh, <laughs> this is really sullied. And I know he's made like, you know, he went back to the well with Richard Pryor as the older men like, you know, see no evil, right. hear no evil and the Chuckle Patch or whatever movies they made together. <laughs> I don't think there's one called Chuckle Patch. But I mean, they just kept making him and it's like, OK, well, you know. Chuckle you, Patch you, you 2 them, was pretty good. You, <laughs> you have to you, admit. You give which him one some, was Paula and which one was Carol? I don't remember. <laughs> um, but whichever uh, one you didn't date. Um, <laughs> but, but, but I was like, I was like, oh, this really has like, it's really tainted it's left a bad taste yeah. in yeah. my mouth towards gene wilder because i'm like you yep. wrote it you directed it you decided to adapt it you starred in it you've you are at this time married to gilda renner and you are like you're just doing that skeevy woody allen thing of like yeah. wouldn't it this be great if project, i was baby and yeah you, you you just made him uh, uh, yeah it's just it made it was, me feel icky the yeah. whole goddamn mm-hmm. time everybody in it except judith ivy and kelly Le- and all the women i liked i yeah. thought judith ivy was great Agreed. that moment when yep. she's crying i was like that there's the human being as i said in the description i was like there's a human being having a human emotion being faced with like the reality of her husband's piggishness and uh kelly lebrock i gotta say i the only movies i've ever seen her in i, do, I clearly do not like She's very good. I like her in Weird great. Science, I, yeah. and she's I great she was the in best this. Part of this. She is yeah. very, very good in this. And then, of course, Gilda Radner is just so great and funny and wonderful. wonderful. But, uh, yeah, no, Kelly LeBrock is quite good. But this is the only kind of shit she's ever going to get to do is like male fantasy. Th- you know, she's like almost too, 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 too beautiful yeah. in the 1980s to do anything but play like a fucking Barbie doll. And uh, yeah. as I'm watching it, I thought, is this? It's so unrealistic that she would have any interest in him whatsoever in any way, shape or form, because he's not charming. He's not witty. He's not, there's nothing about him. He's not rich. There's nothing about him where you say like, well, he looks like Gene Wilder, but you know, there's this aspect to him that, uh, that would attract a Kelly LeBrock, nothing. Uh, and I thought, this movie's like Joker. It's like, it's, it's like, it's like where you, you, it's so incredulous that you think by the end, maybe you're going to see him in a sanitarium being like, no, Kelly LeBrock really did. Really did love me. Yeah. <laughs> and, then you're gonna see, and then you're going to see flashbacks of how, no, Kelly LeBrock was never in the same room with him at the same time. It was all something he imagined. That's the only way this movie makes sense is if it's a, uh, uh, an, uh, an incel, uh, cautionary tale. <laughs> yeah. A, fe- a fever dream. <laughs> yeah. And then he shoves himself into a refrigerator. <laughs> exactly. But it's funny because, you know, I, I saw this movie in the theater. I saw it when it came out. I, I remember going to see it with my parents. I don't, I don't know what brought us to it. Guess maybe, maybe my parents wanted to go and, you know, we, Gene we like Gene Wilder. Yeah. 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 Um, again, I was, I was intrigued and titillated by Kelly LeBrock. And I remember that, I, that was like a big thing that you saw her fully naked you know, for a, a split second. Yeah, a lot of news uh, in like, these PG, PG-13 yeah. movies this week. I was surprised. Like I said, I, I didn't remember her being in it as much as she was. And what she does in it, watching it this time, I was thinking, oh, she's she's quite lovely in it. She's she's yeah. really good. You know, she's not like a Tanya Roberts. She's not a model turned actress who really hasn't hit the actress part yet. She's right. She's very good. She sells everything. Everything yeah. is believable. Uh, and. I, all I really remember from seeing it, it's it's interesting because I remember some of the only things that I, I really remember are some of the more human moments, which are I remember when Joseph Bologna, who I normally love, 
who's mm. awful in this, but <laughs> it, it's just the writing, you know, it's just, it's and the character he, he, is so miserable. And the character, mm. but that's like the type of character that he normally plays. Yeah, so right. like, that's his thing, like the Lothario, the older Lothario. And, yeah, I guess but, so. uh, and, and he's very good at it and, and wise cracking, fast talking guy. But I, the moment where he realizes with it, and which I thought was a nice little thing where in the beginning he's, you know, you meet this character and he's, and he's all he's talking about is cheating and having affairs. And no, my wife would never do that. And then it, it, it split second, it turns and you see that his wife has left him. Right. And I remember that as a kid, that moment of that realization of like, oh shit, I felt very mm. bad for him. Mm-hmm. And then I remember the moment when they, he, he's, he thinks he's bringing Kelly LeBrock on a date and uh, to, to visit his grandmother, but it's really a surprise birthday for him. And I remember that sort of sad moment which I thought was sort of one of the the loveliest moments in the movie. And that was really it where, again, it's just played very simple mm. where it's just that realization mm-hmm. where you see Judith Ivy, she sort of understands what's going on. Gene Wilder knows that he just got caught and fucked up. Kelly, the Brock knows. And then Charles Groen comes up, Mama Dell, Mama Dell. You know, he sort of saves the situation. Yeah. That was all I remembered. And yeah. the quick scene of Gilda Radner getting naked. You know, that that was it from, uh, you know, from my childhood. What the fuck are you talking about? Gilda Radner. Sorry, not Gilda Radner. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly LeBrock. Kelly LeBrock getting naked. Oh, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Gilda. Uh, I can't speak. But I didn't think I was going to dislike it as much on this rewatch. But y- you're right. It was, it, it was incomprehensible. Oof. I didn't like. and, and Agreed. Here's the thing. I thought you had a good idea. You had a nice premise about- It's a very French farce kind of idea. Yeah, but even the idea of, you know, this guy who is, uh, who, who's got this sad existence or he perceives it as a sad existence. He wants some excitement. He wants to do something different. I get that. And to see how it all just sort of falls apart and- but see, that's the thing. He doesn't have a sad existence. Well, that's the thing. If he had a sad existence, there would be stakes. He has an idyllic existence <laughs> yeah. with a beautiful wife, two right. kids, a good job. There is no reason for him to want to to stray. If but if, you if, can if, still play that. But but even what you're you saying, can still Dan, play it. I, you're right. I can, you can still play it. But I, I, I gotta buy, buy it. I gotta believe I, well, that he thing. is yeah. so dissatisfied with the mundanity that that he goes for 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 yeah, her. It feels and like it's a, a head over. Yeah, thing. it feels like, I mean, it's in two win, minutes exactly. he sees her and then all of a sudden he's obsessed with her. Right? Well, it's that's like the thing. thing. And that's my right. problem with the movie. It's the structure that setting yeah. that up as someone who does have an idyllic life, but still, why aren't I happy? I have a great wife. I have Set great kids. Up. I have a You're great right. job. But w- what is it? I just, I want to do something yeah. exciting. Like a Paul that's Rudd fine. in the Judd Apatow movies. Like this is 40 and 40 year old where you're like, right. yeah, you got Leslie yeah. Mann as your wife. You got these beautiful little girls, but they, they sow the seeds of like, there's, there's some dissatisfaction. Set it up. Yeah. better this movie thinks it's doing that this movie thinks it's doing that but it's not i think that's what it is but the, the structure doesn't make sense no. like even just the first day in the movie i didn't i'm like wait what's the timeline is this all on the same day <laughs> yeah, wait, yeah he, I, he, he sees her I was he like, went wait, to wait, work wait, wait. then they play tennis for eight hours and they, they take a schmitz <laughs> and then wait the he's, club he's in the middle of his work day yeah and then he's what? back at work or i couldn't it, yeah. it, i was like wait is this You're a week right. later? No, this is the same day. It was so utterly confusing. Even when he first calls, 
when he makes the, you know, he gets into the office, he sees Kelly LeBrock. And it's funny, Jason, because in, in this rewatch, I did think, oh, wait a minute. Did I forget something? Is it a fantasy? Because I thought maybe she, you know, because it starts, the movie starts, he's in the parking garage. She walks over the grate. The wind blows up her dress and she keeps walking. Yes, Marilyn and Monroe. I, and, yes, and right. And in that like moment, dancing. I thought, right. And then she comes back and dances. And in that moment, I thought, oh, wait a minute. Is that, did I forget this? Is he just imagining that? Like maybe he's blowing it all out of proportion. That's mm. the point of the movie. And it's not. She comes back and and I, and I think, okay, well, that's the spark too, because she's doing, it's, it's exciting. She's enjoying life. And maybe that's the thing saying, hmm, I need to do that more. But then- it doesn't build. He immediately is like, okay, I'm going to make this call. I'm going to ask her out, which again, every set piece is confusing and baffling to me because he makes this phone call and I'm thinking, wait, who is he talking to? He thinks he's calling Kelly LeBrock. Correct. He works in this fucking office. He knows <laughs> that Gilda Radner sits at that desk. Yeah. Does he think that he's calling this strange woman and she's going to pick up the phone and he's talking to her like nothing made sense? No. Thank you. I'm very gallant. I'm just a romantic, I oh, guess. No. Oh no! Oh no! Don't get about her! Don't get about her! No! 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 Even Gene Wilder is just so. I mean, he's such a brilliant man. He was such a brilliant man. Rest in peace, you know. And we love yeah. him for so many things and so many yeah. reasons. And I'm half joking when I say this kind of ruins everything. It doesn't, but right. it is like such a no, weird, it it ugly dirty. misstep. It feels so dirty. For all of them, for Wilder, for Charles Grodin, for Joseph yeah, Bologna, yeah. they're all such wonderful comic actors. And I kept waiting. I kept saying, well, maybe Grodin will save it. Maybe he'll do something. And it just, no, uh, nothing. I just felt bad nothing, for all of them. Nothing. You're right. And, and, but when you say it's like, it might be this elaborate, like fever dream fantasy or whatever, that horrible, horrible final shot, which is horrible from a filmmaking standpoint uh, with, the, with the blue screen. It's horrible from a reality standpoint. You, how long are you falling out of a window? Uh, horrible from a thematic standpoint. He learns no yeah. lessons and he's going to yep. cheat with the, the photographer, whoever, or the meter mate. I don't know who it is. He sees a blonde down there. I don't remember who it is. It's a photographer, a, cop, yeah. a photographer, whatever it is. And he's like, oh, she looks nice. It's everything about that that moment is so weird and you're like but this is this ha there's no bonds of reality here so what is it is it is it like the end of greece where now like a car just flies off into the sky <laughs> i mean that that's how weird, that's how weird the ending is and then you're like was the whole thing a disjointed dream that doesn't make sense where there are just people having a meeting in your house and where you do pick up a phone in your office and call an extension in your office and think you're getting a woman who's a model at a totally different location. Is, is there supposed to be? Uh, it's not. It's clearly not. It's giving it way too much credit no, to say that. Well. But the, the, the lapses in logic and the disjointed nature of it and the sloppiness, it's also sloppy. sloppy. Very sloppy. Yeah, yeah you're right. It, it, it's sloppily it, made. It's so yeah. weird. It does yeah. make you think, though, that something that Gene Wilder was not feeling great about something. At the time. I don't know. You know, it, the other thing that made me feel sad, and I've said this on this podcast before, you know, I, I we all love Mel Brooks. I think for the most part, I love his stuff. Yeah. But I but I've said it, too, that to me, the best Mel Brooks is the Mel Brooks where he's working with Wilder. Yeah. You know, where it's like Correct. Wilder's he, there to, to rein him in. Yeah, and to he be like, no. him down. Yeah. And. 
And watching this, I'm like, oh, I don't know if I was correct in that assessment. Maybe Wilder needed someone. Maybe Wilder needed because Mel Brooks needed at least, each other. <laughs> yeah, they need each other because maybe yes. where Wilder is able to, when he's working with Mel, because Mel is so big, he can be like, no, let's bring it down and make it more human. But maybe Mel understands structure more than Gene Wilder. I, I don't know, but that's yeah. what I, I just kept thinking about that. I was like, I gave so much credit to Gene Wilder for being able to fix things. Now, I don't know. Yeah. This was the other movie he directed. Before, I know this was the second movie that he wrote and directed. The first one was The World's Greatest Lover, which was, I, I remember seeing on cable, oh, but I, I don't remember much about I it. It's like a, a silent lot movie as a kid. thing. I had, really? like, I had it on one of those weird video discs that um, <laughs> that I told you guys about, the, the ones where you shove the whole case yeah. in the machine. <laughs> I we had that and it was weird because it wasn't a faint uh, an uber famous movie but you know, no it was the 80s and it was a Gene Wilder thing and again I haven't seen it since I was a kid so I don't know if it holds I do remember liking it and thinking it was funny and good not that Me it was too. anywhere near as good as a Mel you know his Mel Brooks collaborations or as exciting as his Richard Pry you know the stir crazy and silver streak like those sure. kinds of things but it was funny and he i remember thinking oh this is even as a kid i was like oh this is smart because he has a silent movie comedian face so yeah. it kind of yeah, but okay. instead he was but he was playing but he wasn't playing like a buster keaton or a chaplin he was playing more of wasn't he playing more of like a um like a Douglas rudy, rudy valentino or yeah yeah, yeah, yeah oh, something okay. like that so I, I don't know i'd be curious to watch that one again because i remember thinking it was funny but yeah. i was a kid so. and then what was his third one was it i don't know it wasn't haunted honeymoon oh right? god it, it was, was haunted honeymoon oh, which is was? which is okay. fucking horrible yeah <laughs> which is really top <laughs> to bottom fucking abysmal <laughs> so something so he, happened something <laughs> happened there i don't know if it's even I, that it's, something happened or that he shouldn't write direct and star and stuff maybe he's just maybe he's just not one of those guys who can efficiently do all the jobs and is radner in that too uh, yes radner's in that with okay. him too and dom de louise um, oh well there you go one of you is preying upon the fears of an old woman whoever you are may god strike you dead now let's have coffee and dessert in the music room. I mean, there's no other way to say it. He he uglies up the very beautiful and 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 lovely Gilda Radner, his, his own wife, his own wife to make her the yeah. the the undesirable yeah. one next to Kelly LeBron. I mean, it's like uh, you're going to do to your own I mean, obviously she's game for it. She's the funniest thing in the movie. She's she's you know, she 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 plays sort of dowdy. She's played dowdy, um, crazy people on Saturday Night Live and in other in lots of other things. But it's like I just was. It made me uncomfortable. Yeah, I made it made me uncomfortable. How I'm saying it's a very weird thing to do with your wife, and then it's like, and then I'm, yeah. I have to do this scene today. The call sheet says I'm getting naked with Kelly LeBrock for three days. Um, it's just yeah. it's my job, honey. Yeah, but you wrote it, you directed it, you cast it. Yeah, it's my job. Yeah, while while you, my wife, play the really, really unattractive, you know, I mean, obviously, like I say, she's game. I'm not giving her any. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not I don't mean to take sure. away her agency in 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 her own career and her own what her own choices and what roles she plays, but um, it it made me uncomfortable. I felt that was weird. I thought that this moment it stood out to me. There's a moment very early on where. Judith Ivy, I don't know if she's in the car or something, and her skirt is like kind of, uh, it's like there's a, there's a, a split seam in the skirt or something, 
and he like covers her leg and and I'm like, why? And it looked like in the shot, it was covering her leg like because it. he found it unattractive and unappealing. There was something about. Oh, her. that's interesting. I, 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 I don't was think it was about, about modesty. Well. I don't. I don't yeah. get it. Maybe it was about modesty. Maybe it was like I'm having these feelings, but I want to cover you up or hide. But it seemed more like he was like, yeah, I don't want to see that. It, it, which is, I didn't understand what the point of the moment was, other than to maybe say I'm no longer attracted to my my wife. Um, you and know. I don't understand her reaction at the end at all when she sees him on the ledge on television. Like, I don't understand that. When she cries? Like she, starts, she starts crying, but then she she smiles through her tears and is like, oh, you. Oh, you crazy kid. Like, <laughs> I was like, what? I thought I what? took that more as. Um, I think that maybe I, I always got the impression. I remember even as a kid thinking that she was crying because she thought, oh, my poor husband is so sad. He's, he's so going to kill sad. himself. Yeah, yeah. But now he's OK. He's going to be he's going to be all right because they're you know, they're they're catching. Oh, him I don't get that from it. I don't know. But I, I, I even but found she doesn't that, know he's cheating. Right. Still at the I, end. I, 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 don't know. I think she puts it all together. He's in a bathrobe on a on a, a, a ledge. So either either she. Oh, okay. it's either that she gets that he's cheating or she I think the yeah I don't know I I really did no yet another thing in the movie that like doesn't track. I think I think the penny dropped for her because you get the moments earlier where it's like mm, that's weird he brings this girl to the party oh it's Charles Grodin's girlfriend you know the, I I think everything yeah. kind of comes together there and it's like oh you poor thing you're so unhappy like that there's there's empathy yeah. for him while also being hurt I I don't know I, it was a com it was a complex emotional reaction. And it's maybe the only one of the only moments of complexity. Yeah, but it didn't. But I felt like I even felt that he wrote her character as sort of crazy. Well, you know? there's that scene where she's like, oh, if I if you cheated on me, I'd go I, I would just go crazy. I would. There's I, no I, upshot. I, yeah, there's no upshot. There's no upshot. And it's also a way to, like, minimize her and make it seem like, oh, she's just one of those. She's she's a kooky, jealous wife or something. Yeah. And I didn't. She, but, she made her do, too much of a human being for, do, for that. Do anything with that. He throws the gun away in the very next scene, throws it in the ocean or throws it in the river. And it's like, well, you just took away that threat that mm-hmm. you prepare that, that you painstakingly set up with the gun scene and shooting him in the crotch of his of his underwear. Like that was painstakingly set up. That was a good little scene. I'm like, okay, this is going to have an upshot later. Yeah, but there was no, again, there was nothing that built to it. There was no reason. There was, the structure was so poor. Yeah. The setup was so poor that you don't understand why he's going through all of this just to get that one moment with Kelly LeBrock. It was just, it was muddled. It was really, it was one of the more confusing movies that we've watched. And I'd seen it before. How many Sheila's? I, I think I might have to raise my Sheena, Sheila rating a little higher. You must. This, yeah, maybe, well, no, what did I give Sheena? A four? I gave it a four? Or did uh, I give it a three? I think I gave it a three. Wait, maybe hang, hang on. I have, I, I'm, I'm experiencing a headache. So let me, <laughs> let me psychopathically, psychopathically, what is it called? Psycho. For the listeners who can't see <laughs> who what Dan is doing right now. Doing she's doing the Sheena. Uh, she in the helicopter. She, she in the helicopter. Yeah, boom. Telepathy move. Like yeah, telepathy. Thing. That's what it's telepathy. called. Telepathy, I'm, give, yeah. I'm telepathically giving you a new Sheena rating. Go ahead. Oh, 9.5. Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, that was so weird. Weird, huh? right? I'm going to give this. This is like a. I don't know. Even giving it a two is tough. It's one. Because it's a one. Yeah, Sheila I think for it's, me. it's a one. It's a one. It's a one. Sheila. This might be one of the like thinking about it, it might be one of the worst movies. <laughs> only just because of the expectations. You had such a great 
cast. And it's, you're right. It, 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 I, I'm sad now when I think of Gene Wilder. I don't want to be. I want to go, I need to go yeah. watch Young Frankenstein yeah. or like the, yeah. the Frisco Kid or something where Willie he's so Wonka. lovable. Willie goddamn yeah. Wonka. Yeah, go watch so that. Amazing. He's brilliant. He's brilliant. Oh, God. Um, I'll go two on it because uh, Kelly Brock, Gene, uh, Gilda Radner and uh, Judith Ivy do a great job. I need, God, I got, I need... Dennis Quaid to come into my thoughts and <laughs> and turn into a snake man and just alter this this nightmare, make it something. Oh, just I want to yeah. to to bite down on Gene Wilder's neck and 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 David Patrick <laughs> Kelly fly in with with nunchucks or so. I just need I need this dream. It's a nightmare, and I need I need it erased. I need it erased. You Dennis need Quaid. to escape this dream. I need, need escape oh, from this dream. Yeah, we call it escape in the old. We, we don't, <laughs> you, you we don't say, say escape. escape. No, we say we 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 gonna escape from this. We gonna escape <laughs> oh, from no. this dream. No. <laughs> What? That was a southern accent. Yes. <laughs> it was. No. But that brings us to Joseph and the amazing Technicolor dreamscape. <laughs> That's what it says. It's a dreamscape. It's a cape you put on. Before you ah. dreams, <laughs> before you dreams. Oh, fucking dreamscape. <laughs> Alex Gardner has a unique talent, and even he doesn't know what it can do. No one has ever done it before. No one has even conceived of doing it before. Going into another person's dream. If I have to see that, you believe it. He is about to enter a world that no one has ever seen before. The world of your dreams. Dennis Quaid is Alex Gardner, a psychic who has been using his talent solely for personal gain in the form of gambling and womanizing. Thanks to the efforts of Alex's friend and mentor, played by Max Fonsito, the government-funded scientific research project Alex had been involved with years earlier, in which a psychic is inserted into the dreams of a sleeping person, beckons once again. However, when a subject dies in his sleep from a heart attack, Alex becomes suspicious that another of the psychics is killing people in their dreams and causing them to die in real life. His suspicions grow upon seeing the trailer for A Nightmare on Elm Street, which came out just <laughs> two months later. But I digress. Can Alex stop dark forces from abusing this scientific discovery? Also starring Kate Capshaw, Christopher Plummer, David Patrick Kelly, and nine words I never thought I'd hear myself say, Eddie Albert as the President of the United States. Dreamscape only took in $2.2 million over its opening weekend on its way to just $12.1 million worldwide. Fred and Dan, what do you guys think of Dreamscape? Oh, guys, this movie has a special place in my heart. Mm. I saw it and I and I still quite enjoyed it on this remake. It's not a great movie, but it's like every, it, it's it's just pure you know, we we kept calling Sheena schlock. This is like 80 schlock. But but I think it actually rises above the schlock. Agreed. This is such a I, pure I do too. I think it's good. 80s it's movies. Good. I mean, I really liked it. And it just brings back such great memories. Now, I, I was I have often called this movie. I've often stated thinking I was smart, Mr. Smarty Pants that this was the first PG-13 movie. And in doing my research and also our friend Andy yeah. Wells reminded me of this. Mm. It, it, now, I think it, it was. Must have been I think it was the first the one rating. that was. De yes, yeah. it was designated the rating first, but Red Dawn, which is maybe, could possibly be my favorite movie of the 80s. Really? Ever. Wow. Like, I, just thinking about that movie, it brought back Daddy so I was Shack, like, oh, God. Daddy Shack. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. Red Dawn, just like, oh, oh God, I have. I hope we get to talk about that movie someday because mm. the, I just love that movie. Um, 
I've never no seen Red it, Dawn. I've never oh, seen I it. Oh, I saw the movie more times than I can count. That was the one it was, that was on just, cable a lot. Yeah, it was on cable quite a bit. So that came but out yes. five days earlier, right? That's what right. Andy so told us. So that was officially the first ah, PG thirteen movie because of violence, I assume. Because because yeah. of violence, yeah. There's a lot of violence. I and mean, was by this today's PG thirteen because of violence. Yeah, yes, I'm and, sure. and 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 I think one of the main reasons was. Just oh, yeah. to jump ahead a little bit, you know, Temple of Doom was the movie that really inspired the PG-13 rating. And there's a whole thing where, you know, Mulleron pulls at the heart. <laughs> well, there's something like that in this as well. So <laughs> I think they're like, whoa, 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 yeah. whoa. We're going to, we can't pull out. We can't have can't, two hearts too being much, Too many out. hearts being pulled out lately, people. Yeah, exactly. So and Kate let's Cap make it a PG-13. We also have to. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and, You're right. Oh, my God. Shares a, 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 yeah. a heart wow. ripped from a body and Kate Capshaw with Indiana Jones right. and the Temple of Doom. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, and Woman in Red was also PG-13. So this was like this week yes. or week and a half of the first three PG-13 movies came out all in rapid And that succession. movie ripped all of our hearts out. <laughs> oh, boy. More than that. But yes. I remember, I don't think I saw this in the theaters only because of the PG-13 rating. Mm. And because I was, I just turned 12 and I took that seriously because, <laughs> you know, I remember seeing Temple of Doom and being, you know, I watched it in the movie theater with a shirt over my eyes when Molaram rips the heart out. So there was something creepy. I remember seeing the commercials for this very, very, I remember that very vividly. I remember uh, the At The Movies episode mm. where they talked about it because I remember they showed the scene the first time that Dennis Quaid goes into the dream and he's on the, um, you know, on the building site. The girder, yeah. On the girder, yeah. yeah. And you have that blue, like lovely blue, like Simpsons clouds, you know, <laughs> behind him. And I remember, I remember that as a kid seeing that and being like, wow, those are pretty cutting edge special effects. I thought yeah. they were pretty, I thought it was crazy. And in rewatching it, yeah, the special effects are 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 very dated and cheesy, but they somehow yeah. work. I mean, you know, you, you talk about like the great dream movies, like something like Eternal uh, Sunshine of the Spotless mm -hmm. Mind. I mean, that gets it right where it's, uh, it's like jump cuts, you know, where everything this this is more just in terms of the the, the scenery and the backgrounds. You know, they they they, they probably could have gone further with how the dreams worked, but for its time, I thought it was very effective. There's some clunky dialogue, you know, the effects are dated, uh, but man, I don't know. It's still, I, I enjoyed it. I, I had a say, good time watching it. I, Boncito and Plummer make that clunky dialogue work. And so does yeah. Eddie Albert. God bless them all. Eddie and so does Dennis Quaid, Dennis Quaid is Capshaw. fucking great. And so He's is Kate Capshaw. in it. He's so charming. He's, good. There's, he's a, so there's great. a lot he's of smirking. A lot of smirking, but it's that's very okay. smirky. That's what he does. Yeah. That's what he does. <laughs> that's, well, that's the thing. You don't expect anything else from Dennis Quaid no. of, of movies he of this era. That's a, what he did. Right. It's people always said this in the eighties. They're like, boy, it's funny that he didn't become a much bigger star. Like everybody thought. I was that he that was too. on that road. And like by the yeah. time of Innerscape, a few years later, they were like, he's inner about space. to blow up. Inner yeah. space. Inner, inner, <laughs> did I say Innerscape? Yeah, Innerscape, yeah. <laughs> Innerspace. That and, was the uh, and then the, the the Jerry Lee Lewis movie a couple of years after that. I mean, everybody, oh, I think people thought oh, he was going to like, but he, he never quite got there. But he's very beloved and he's really great. There's something about him that's very, um, I was like, he's very young Jack Nicholson kind of crossed yes. with huh. Christopher Reeve or something. He's very handsome. Harrison too. Like, Ford. He's a Harrison Ford. Yes, he's got Ford a lot of Harrison Ford stuff. Uh, yeah. stuff to him. But the two things I wanted to say about this movie are, are if, if nothing else, I think this is the, <laughs> this is probably the best movie with the worst music. This is the, the soundtrack is so bad. The soundtrack I lets like this movie it. down. 
Oh my God. It's the worst. It's like, no, if it's, I, I think it's appropriate a, for this movie. No, it's 80s the, this, this, this to me, again, this is, is Stranger Things. Stranger Here's where Stranger Things gets their music from. And Stranger Things is making fun of this because this is what they had to work with. And like, this is how fucking movies sounded in 1984. So we're going to use it for Stranger Things. So now it's nostalgic. It's bad. No, it's very bad. Cassie, there's no, there are no themes. There's no tune. It's just, it's like if I, I had a little Casio keyboard (laughs) when I was a kid, I also cannot play music at all. It's like I was hired (laughs) to score this movie. The movie is much better. The soundtrack lets it down. If this is an age of John Williams, Jerry Goldsmith, great music, Elmer Bernstein, great music in movies like Indiana Jones and Gremlins and Ghostbusters. The orchestral music is great. This movie's better than its schlocky music, I think. Listen, the music it's also makes the era it of, feel... It's also the era of the curly shuffle. Lame-o, Buddy, what are you doing? Lame-o, 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 are you babysitting Alex? Yeah, I'm the babysitter. You don't have to be afraid. I mean, it starts off, it's ridiculous, right? It's like, here's a lab where we put people in dream. I was like, oh, go to hell. It's, a, you know, <laughs> it's very stupid. But once you're there, once you're in it, once you're, yeah, you're in good. that plot, it's very yeah. fun. It is cheesy, but it's fun. It's well constructed. It's scary. It's exciting. It's got nice twists and turns. It's got great actors. I really thought it was quite good, and I'd it's never seen it before. Story as a yes. linear, linear yeah. story. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense. It builds upon itself. It has great payoffs throughout. You get George Went in the middle of it. George Went. Yeah, he's yeah. always good. He's, he's been in. I think he's he's shown up in more movies that than we've done in this podcast than anyone else Fletch, and he's always reliable this that terrible no small affair th- that, yeah that one yeah. I will you say uh, the, yeah. no the only other thing I want to say is I what I like the most about this movie is that it does all the things right that Inception does wrong I don't like Inception because it's a movie Ooh. of exactly the same idea this is same one, thing. I made the joke about Nightmare on Elm Street you know because you can get killed in your dreams and that's the threat but this idea of like we can put people into dreams is the plot of Inception and mm-hmm. Inception bothered me because I was like none of it feels like a dream every time you're in a dream it doesn't feel like a dream it just feels like a sequence from a James Bond movie like there'll be something a video off. game it felt like most of the sequences are like, yeah, the, well, the one where people are walking around on the walls and the ceilings, that was, I guess, dreamlike. But yeah, uh, I know what you're but saying. everything else was just you're in this situation and everything felt too realistic. I was like, why doesn't like a pink rabbit pop up next to Tom Hardy and start talking? I mean, the, the fucked up shit happens in your dreams, weird, <laughs> illogical yeah. things. And Inception plays it so straight because it's all about Christopher Nolan, who we just talked about a couple of weeks ago as being a great magician and the stuff he does with Dark Knight right. trilogy is amazing. But he wants you to not know whether it's a dream or not. So he can't play it too dreamlike. He can't create a real dreamscape because if he did, you wouldn't know you were in a dream. And that's the whole point of that movie is, am I awake? Am I not? Am I awake? Am I not? So I get it. And it's what he had to do, but it disappointed me because I was looking forward to a movie that kind of captured the weirdness of dreams. And I think this movie does it really, really well. You know, eternal sunshine obviously does too. Uh, you know, to another degree. Uh, but even more mm-hmm. than the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, this does feel like, okay, now we're in this room. Oh, that's my dad sitting there. Don't talk to him. And now now, the, the, here, now there are two dogs with these crazy eyes. And now this yeah. happens. And now the, the, the just ramshackle, illogical yeah. 
random nature of dreams, I think this movie gets really right. And I really like that about it. Well, that's Eddie all Albert is able to leap over like rocks and lava and stuff. Wonderful. Love that. Wonderful. I mean, he's he was, a stuff man. He was but great, it's Eddie actually. He was, he really was good. That, that was another part of this movie that always terrified me as a kid because this was for, for a 12 year old kid, this was right. It was right in the sweet spot because you had, you know, first of all, Dennis Quaid was really big at the time. I loved him from breaking away. And he was just one of those guys that like just showed up all the time. You had Kate Capshaw, like you said, from Temple of Doom. Uh, You know, you got David Patrick Kelly with the nunchucks. So uh, he was, he was really good. Like that character was right up a 12 year old's alley. And then, but also for me, what was really, really scary, this was the year after the day after came out. And that Mm -hmm. movie, and I think I've talked about this, that movie fucking scarred me for many, many years. Yeah, so the threat up. of nuclear war was there, yeah. you know, yeah. especially for, for, for kids our age. And that was such a big part of this. I mean, that's how the movie sort of starts off, you know, with Eddie Albert's dream. And so that really right off the start just grabbed me. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh God, yeah. this is too real. This is too real. This is too real. So that pulled me in right away. Yeah. And then you have, then there, I, I forgot about the whole, uh, <laughs> the sort of the more comic dream. That's so about, funny. Uh, the guy with the, about, the cheating oh, wife, yeah, right? right? Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. That, that was, was really funny. funny. And the kids are watching. <laughs> that was really the weird racist overtone. You too, Fakuda? Bong. It was like total oh, long duck dong. Oh my God. Yeah, there was oh, like wow, a, the, yeah. the Asian gardener was also having sex right, with his wife. Everybody and, under the and sun. And then when yeah. he mentions uh, his name, there's a bong. There's a gong in the back. Well, it's his like, dream. Oh, Jesus. He's a racist it's- in his dream. That guy, I feel like that guy was on every like Barney Miller. He was on like every. <laughs> yeah. was, I was like, oh, I remember this guy. He was on, he guested on every ridiculous sitcom. Um, I liked that sequence. I really liked this movie. I. This is such a funny movie to to recall uh, from the 80s because I must have seen this at some point because I remember Sully from Commando turning into the snake. I yeah. remember yeah. that, you know, and but I don't remember. I didn't remember hardly anything else. About I remember it. that, Dan, and I never saw the movie. So I think it was a big part of the promotional campaign and the Cisco okay. and Ebert reviews. It was like the scene uh, okay. that they showed on TV all the time. Because uh, honestly, when I saw the cast, uh, you know, the 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 cast characters, I was like, Max von Sydow's in this? Christopher Plummer's yeah. in this? No idea. You've got to be fucking kidding me. Okay, Capshaw, all these people are in it. George Went is in it. Like, I had no idea. So maybe I didn't, you know, maybe you're right, Jason. Maybe I only saw those clips because I was like, oh, right. He turns into a snake here. And they the said only it thing I knew here. about the movie was the yes, snake that he turns he, into a yeah. snake. That's all right, I remember. Right, right, right. But he is very good, that guy. What's his name? David he's Patrick really Kelly. Kelly. He's fucking scary. Yeah. He's just a great psycho. He should have been. Yeah, he's in a lot of movies from the 80s, but he's wonderful as Sully, of course, in Commando. From the Warriors. Warriors, oh, come he's out that and guy play. too. Oh, oh wow. yeah, yeah. Well, I love him. Commander says, "You promised me you'd kill Matrix. Matrix, you promised me you'd kill me last. <laughs> I lied." <laughs> Drops him off the cliff. Fantastic. Speaking of scream, that's what I always remember with the Snake Man. Like, there's the you know there's the famous Bill Helm scream yes. that you hear in every movie. I remember watching this movie. Everything came back. Every little oh. moment, I was like, "Oh yeah, that's right, Christopher Plummer. This, this, this." It was Dennis Quaid's scream. For whatever reason, mm-hmm. I cheered when I heard him scream. I remembered that <laughs> so. It just 
it just hit me. I was like, oh, that's right. He's got that scream when the snake man. And that's awesome. it was that. And I think also when he falls first from the girder, uh, there was something about that scream that just made me go, oh, that yes, was I'm a in. better looking fall than the Gene Wilder fall. <laughs> far so better looking. I was like, I bought that. But not as good as Sheena jumping from the helicopter. Agre- well, well, gradations. The, the, gradations. Yes. The, um, the, uh, the evil uh, princess drop, jumping out of the helicopter. There no, was the, a great boner line in this movie. Oh, uh, what Going was back it? to Sheena. He oh, says, yeah. so you count boners. There's a lot. Some of the some of the dialogue yeah, was, was a little ridiculous. Like, <laughs> but you know, but like I said before, Von Sydow and Plummer especially are given some clunky ass shit to say. But those fucking pros, they're so are, good. They're little. Plummer's they, great. They make it work. Their scenes together are a goddamn acting class. He was an authentic genius. This boy, exceptionally gifted. Telekinesis was only one of his talents. He ran out on us. After months of intensive parapsychological testing, didn't like being poked and prodded. Who does? He's perfect. I want him. Yes, you're right, of course. He would be perfect. If we can find him. You leave that to me. If he's alive, I'll find him. But a plumber is... is is so un- he, he could a lesser actor would have played all the anger and all the angst and everything. And he's just a cucumber throughout this whole <laughs> fucking thing. And I was like, oh man. Speaking of Ted Watts, he's, he, he's, <laughs> he's absolutely cool as a cucumber throughout this whole thing. He's super confident. The only moment where he's even remotely like unconfident that the plan is going to work is when. Um, the Sully from Commando guy dies right in front of him, basically. But yeah. honestly, it is the, the the last the last half hour of this is pretty ridiculous. Hey, Mr. President, come sleep at this college campus for no reason. <laughs> I for love it. No reason. There's a it, 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 I, I love it too. I do it's too. So, but it's like it's, it's for the so sole reason of you have us to be reminded, going to try to kill right. you. It's so you weird know. that you have to be but reminded that it's it the well. president of the United States. And not, Kate Capshaw <laughs> yeah. even says, she says the president. And Dennis Green's like, the president of the United States? And she's like, yes. <laughs> because you keep watching. You're like, is there a way? Am I getting this wrong? Is he just the president of like Amazon or something? I mean, is he, like pre- is he president of a corporation or something that has bad dreams? I mean, not much makes sense. I mean, when they bring Dennis Quaid to this place, they just sort of let him wander around. His turn is ridiculous. He's so resistant to everything. And then all of a sudden he's like, hey, the work we do here. I'm like, the work we do here. You're on board all of a sudden. You I think right, what right, it right. I think what it is it's the boy when he meets the boy who's not the, the greatest of the child actors that we've seen. <laughs> He's no K Hoi Kwan. <laughs> Although the poster would have you believe that the poster if you look at the poster for Dreamscape it's drawn exactly like a Raiders of the oh, Lost yeah. Ark or Indiana Jones poster oh, and the three yes. characters are. Dennis Quaid basically wearing something he never wears in the movie, like a, a Indiana Jones <laughs> yeah. brown leather jacket. Kate Capshaw, who was in fucking Indiana Jones, he's holding a torch. Does he ever hold a torch in the movie in a cave? No. no. Never. And then the little boy with a baseball cap is there because, like, we know he's not Asian, but he's short the child. Round. He's short round. He's short for this round. Movie. So they're marketing like, it as a full on action absolutely. adventure. I was like, I was like, wow, where's that kid in not. this movie? The kid's in the movie for four minutes. And, yeah. But they wow, have him on the poster wait. because Indiana Jones. Anyway, because sorry. of Indiana Jones. Go ahead. That wow, was the connection wait. that I got this time that the reason he gets into it because he meets this kid because Max Moncito, the setup is that 
he had a rough childhood and he was like picked and prodded as a kid. Yeah. And I, that, that was the, the impression that I got that, You're right. that as a kid, he didn't have a true father figure or someone to protect him. So mm-hmm. he was sort of used in this way. And that's why he was like, fuck it, I'm out. And that's why he runs off, you know, and starts to, to use his powers for other reasons. Cause he's like, no, I want to be my own person. So that's what I got this time that he sees that kid. It is clunky how it just sort of starts, yeah, but I thought, bizarre. Oh, okay. But I can buy this because he had a rough childhood. He doesn't want this kid to go through the same stuff. Yeah, um, I guess so. Again, it was filmed, you know, I, I, a lot of it wasn't filmed well. Like I said, everyone, everyone is very close <laughs> together. They're poorly staged. Like when Kate Capshaw first tells Dennis Quaid about Buddy, And she's like, well, he's this. And she's sort of whispering, but he's literally right (laughs) next to that. I mean, it's a lot of shots like that where everyone is just crammed together really close to each other. Uh, but, that kid but, was a low rent Danny Bonaducci. I found. I thought he was like the poor man's, the poor man's you Danny know, Bonaducci in, in, a, in a way. But no, you're right. And I noticed that too, Fred. And I, I I couldn't put my finger on it, but you're absolutely right. Some of the scenes are like, wait, they can't possibly be at that at the angle they're at. Yeah, the no, other it shot, work. you know, like the shots yeah. don't match sometimes, it's not, but it I, didn't bother to, me. It didn't, it didn't totally bother me. And, and the no. thing about Dennis Quaid and the kid, you're absolutely right. It's like, oh, that's a thin, that's a very thin tissue paper kind of connection there. But Quaid makes it work when he's like, look, I got to get into this kid's head. I can save him. I'm buying that scene lock, yeah. stock and barrel because Quaid is so fucking, so fucking good in that scene. And so is, and so is Max. So is Max Foncito. He's still not as good as he was as Brewmeister Smith and strange, Blue, which is his well, crowning achievement. Yeah. <laughs> his crowning uh, I'm just, achievement. I'm just finding a note, Jason, you'll appreciate this. I, the, I note I wrote, man, this music hits me bone deep. Yes. Because Oh. Now, I can, if you asked me to sing any of it to you, I couldn't right now. But for whatever reason, again, and maybe it's just the nostalgia factor. Do you have a tune? But <laughs> I, 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 I can't like It's a lot of plow. That's what it was. But Terrific. it just hit me. Again, maybe it was the nostalgia. But like as yeah. soon as it came on, I remember being like, oh, oh I'm, I'm freaked out. I'm scared. Yeah, like, it's, it's, just, very it it's very fire It's very It's very fire starter. It's very war games. It's all those movies. It's the cat. It's some of yeah. the war games. Music is much better. Uh, um, I thought Capshaw was good in this. Yeah. I, I, I you know. There is that scene. Now, this is right out of Risky Business. Was Risky Business before this? Yes. Uh, yeah, I year. think it was, yeah. Okay, yeah. so clearly they're, they're oh, hearkening the to that because yeah. of the train. They have sex on the train. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that that even scene in, went on for a long time. Yeah, I was that, like, whoa, was, whoa. that was unusual. Oh, this is, but you can't show the train going into cute. the tunnel, a la Hitchcock at the end. Show the train going into the tunnel. <laughs> a la Hitchcock. If you're going to have a... <laughs> Thank you very said, much. Said Ted Wass. <laughs> said Ted Wass is sarong not. <laughs> no, but it, it, I really enjoyed it. You know, I, I, maybe I did enjoy this Me more too. than Sheena. Sheena, maybe I am going to give it a higher higher uh, Sheila rating. But but um, I was <laughs> so that means you have to give it a ten. Pleasantly surprised. I I'm gave Sheena seven point seven five. Yeah, and I think I have to go eight on this. But I'm, but um, very, uh, you know, some cool. Ray Harryhausen type uh, yeah. stop yeah. motion effects there the at the end. Snake Man was cool. Yeah, with Snake Man. And I thought Snake that was, was genuinely really f- scary. Yes, it was that was a genuinely cool. scary nightmare. And how you know? cool that Eddie, and yet another spoiler, Eddie, Eddie Albert, Albert is the one that kills him. Eddie Fucking Albert, yeah. the president of the United States, impales him. In Reagan's America, Eddie Albert, an elderly <laughs> president, impales Snake Man. Impales Snake Man. 
right as he's at his at his weak bleeding heart mo- literally a bleeding heart by the time the thing goes through when he's like daddy and it's like we don't have this is reagan's america don't be calling for right through daddy. the heart boom boom goodbye snake man i yeah i thought it yeah. was a brilliant touch that the president kills said, the snake he, man he, the i only wish he said green acres is the place to be <laughs> boom right through the heart <laughs> i loved it D- am i gonna go eight uh, for some reason, I feel more like it's, it should be like a 7.5. Mm-hmm. Eight seems high to me, but. Uh, yeah, that's I'm where gonna, I was. And then I was like, I, yeah. I was really enjoying it. So I was like, ah, ah fuck, fuck it. it. I'm going to give it an eight. eight. <gasps> I'm, I'm going eight, eight as well. I'm going to go eights. one quarter of a Sheila higher than I gave Sheena. <laughs> and uh, uh, so I'll go, I'll go eight on it. It is actually, nice. my, I, I do recommend it. You know more than than China, even though I yeah may, I might if if I had the two you know VHSs in my hands I'd oh probably hop in China before yeah Dream because State. of naked Tanya Roberts come on let's well, be honest uh, I, I uh, listen put me in the hole that that <laughs> Changa has, has dug for me uh, rather than put me in the in the in the the dream uh, 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 with Sully from Commando. Now, if we can just get a Persis Kambada in all of this. Oh, that's then it'd be a peak 80s, peak 80s. That's right a throwback. There. That's a throwback, nah, listeners. You want to find out what that means? You got to you got to listen and subscribe. Four. You got to go back to go back through all the episodes. Speaking of which, you guys, the phone <gasps> is ringing. Oh, boy. The phone is ringing. Yes, the phone is ringing. Hello. You're on the opening weekend podcast uh, with uh, Fred, Jason, Dan. Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been a long time, hasn't oh, it? Eustace. Eustace. Oh, Eustace. Boy, I miss you. I, I ain't seen you or nothing since the wedding. How about that now? Wow. It has been a while. It was May. Yeah, you know, they, oh they're, they're pregnant now. Oh, boy. Yeah, we she heard. heard that. We heard. How's that Lord, going? Lord, Lord I don't know. Yeah, I'll tell you what. I, 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 You know, I used to work at the Sing Sing prison. You know that, right? I was a yeah, warden at right. Sing Sing prison. Oh, yes, Maybe yeah. we can go back to the earlier episodes and find out because I was <laughs> You understand? Yeah, I, now, I do. Sort of. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, but I retired from that job because I was doing security on that movie Lunch Line. Remember Lunch Line? That's right. Of course, Al Pacino say, and yeah. Jack Nicholson as two elderly lunch ladies. It was posing as two elderly lunch ladies. It yeah. was a solid, solid idea. It was a yes. solid concept. It was a Ten Sheila idea, maybe two Sheila execution. Well, we haven't seen it yet. <laughs> we haven't seen it yet. That's We've true. only seen true, the true, trailer. True. There's going to be a screening in the future, I'm sure. Uh, well, I hope so of some of it, at least, because we did good work down there. And I was really, I, I'll tell you what, I was bit by the bug. I i like being around all them celebrities. Boy, oh boy. Because I, I ain't never been in anything like that before, you know, being with Jack Nicholson, Al Pacino. Lord, Your life ever, took dude. a real turn during the life of this podcast. It's it really, really <laughs> it really did. From, from humble sing sing warden to going around the country with going around the country with with celebs and you know i mean it was it was hot and cold running ladies down there too they had boy you had your 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 well, Al and jack are big stars i mean they were yeah, all you know yeah. 80 90 100 year old women but they were big stars and those boys had their pick of the litter i'll tell you what oh, and boy. by litter i mean they were very messy these ladies they were just very sloppy <laughs> But and they were brought in on a litter, like a stretcher. Now listen. Oh my god! But I I I got bit by the bug down there, and I'll tell you what. But I've now I have 
retired. I retired down to Sarasota, Florida. I live at the Shady Palms. Uh, 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 over 65 is over 65 community. I love it oh, down lovely. here. It's, it's, yeah, it's really wonderful. Totes down here with me. He's down oh. here also. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Don't say, hi to the nice, say hi to the nice people, Toadie. Come on in here, Toadie. Uh, Toadie Fields, I call him. I, I like the stars of the sun. It's so good for my skin. <laughs> How does the elderly Jewish community feel about uh, renowned? <laughs> yeah, hard to be followed. You better I'll watch tell you out. What. Well, no, we 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 tote wear. You know, everybody's got to wear a mask down here, so tote wears a mask, so nobody recognizes oh, him. You can only see half of his melted off face. But uh, we're, <laughs> I was going to say, where, where's the mask stretched? What is it? Does he have three kind of, kind of taped? <laughs> <laughs> he sews them together up on there. It's mm, nice. Sure. It's real the mask is usually on the floor, but you know. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's exactly. Again, yeah. So. The well, mask I, is down I'll with his face what. on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it slips right off of there. It's hard to keep it on when you have no ears. <laughs> now listen. <laughs> the the no yeah Richard and Sheila they're they're doing that I haven't heard from them in a while but I know she's due in like a month here or something like that I, she, she, she I thought that maybe you'd green. be the midwife or something I might get up there and try and help them out a little or at least provide security because that's what I would do <laughs> on lunch line I was the security man and I want to get Just back clear into the that scene. <laughs> exactly <laughs> keep everybody out of there clean up and clear it up but and and you know I always She's have my shotgun there with, with me. Hose. <laughs> Me and Tote can hose everything down. It'll be great. Oh, God. But, uh, you know. Uh, uh, That's not a placenta. That's my cheekbone. Oh, no. <laughs> Enjoy the veal, folks. <laughs> since I've been in Florida, I've been experimenting with the comedy of the Jews. Oh, no. Tony's going to go down and work the Miami Beach circuit after this. He's going to work <laughs> work Miami Beach circuit and maybe That's go great. up to the Catskills in some time. Now, listen. <laughs> now, now uh, here's the thing. Geppetto, I want to tell you, this is the reason I'm calling you guys. Geppetto called me oh. up because I want to get your take on this. He wants to make a movie about the adventures of the Arth- Arthropod Squad, and he, and he has three uh, working titles for it. Um, and I want to get your get your get your take on on okay. all. He's okay. he's he, he and Jack have been working together because you know he's Jack Nicholson. Yes, he, he's, in, he's, in, he's in addition servant. to being that's right. In addition to being one of the great uh, 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 Italian neorealist uh, uh, directors, he's also he's also uh, Jack Nicholson's houseboy. <laughs> yes, um, and he does a yes, great right. job at both jobs. He does great at both jobs. Um, uh, but but I think we. Well, I, I was thinking of calling it Sheila, Queen of the Bungle. <laughs> That's very good. Because that's we bungled around the country a lot, you know, and her name is Sheila, and that's, that's what we do. What do you think of that one? I, think that's- I, li- I would like it better if it was Sheila, queen of the bunghole, but, but, but yeah, bungle's good. What do you yes. think of that but one, I- Tote? You like that one, Toadie? Nefarious sounding. I, I, I do like a good bunghole joke. Of course you do. Seriously, my fellow Semites. I, my fellows. He's just always trying out his new material for the road. He is good. He's very convincing. He's very convincing. He makes. He's good. He's a very convincing elderly Jew. Yeah. What's the next one? Oh, the next one we're going to... Now, this 
this one is a little bit of a reach, but it was we, we uh, Geppetto wanted to call it the woman and Fred. The woman and Fred. Now, Fred, while Fred did have a lot huh. to do with the whole uh, the whole Sheila situation, he really wasn't the sure. he wasn't the guiding force behind her journey. But you know, I think it still works. The we can say the woman Fred. is fled about because she's kind of hopping around the. Oh, the that's country. really that's good. That's I'm going to suggest that the woman is fled because <laughs> she had fled. From from all of us and fled from doc, from the nefarious clusters of Doctor Melo. And then the third one, the third uh, uh, title came from Jack. He just wants to call it Creamscape for some reason. <laughs> I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that figures. In. <laughs> that does sound like something he would suggest. Yeah, well, I mean, you've said that they've had a lot of romantic adventures on the road. He and Al, so maybe. Maybe it was a bit of a creamscape for them. That's <laughs> and, and many, many very attractive elderly, elderly women <laughs> over that time. Yeah. Wow. I think there's a lot of possibilities, a lot of possibilities. <laughs> At least for working titles. Yeah. 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 I need Ted Watson's loincloth to clean up my face. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Well, I won't have to clean this up. I'll tell you, I'll go take care of this boy because I, okay. you know, his face should fall off all the time. And we get over there. Hello, hello. Oh, wow. Well, oh, they're gone. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm gone. Wow, that wow. was uh, that was lovely to hear from fun. them. I haven't heard from really them nice. in so, so long. Well, anyway, it was it was wonderful to hear from. I thought it was wonderful to hear from them. It was wonderful to, to hear Tote do a little woodshedding of his act. Uh, for for the, for the Miami <laughs> Beach circuit, that was yeah. great. He's good. He's gonna. I think he's. I think it's really gonna take off for him. <laughs> I think as long as see. Unfortunately, though, it's Florida. I think he must be praying for mask mandates because that will help. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for joining us this week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a look at September 1st, 2006. We're going back 15 years to September 1st of 06. And that week's three major releases, Mike Judge's Idiocracy, which I'm sure is going to feel painfully relevant right now. Jason Statham as Crank which I recall being an absolute hoot. I watched that movie in our old apartment, Dan, with Jeremy, and uh, mm. I remember it being a lot of fun. Um, and the Neil LeBute, Nicolas Cage remake of The Wicker Man, which I hear oh, is a wow. cinematic car accident you just can't look away from. <laughs> I've never seen it. I don't know what to expect. Uh, but then... Just a couple weeks after that, our very special 60th episode will take a look at 1990s Goodfellas and our top 10 gangster slash crime movies. That's uh, that's all coming up in the month of September on opening weekend. Dan, what you got for us? I think we got to do a little I Just Called to Say I Love You. Yeah. The one oh, yeah. good song. Stevie Wonder did the songs for The Woman in Red. Yeah, like a bad. bunch of them, and 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 that's yeah, I think that's why red, woman in red. I literally think that's why the movie made like twenty five million dollars because it was the most successful movie of the week. That didn't make a lot, but it made more than Dreamscape, which you would think would be a slightly more popular, you know, like with yeah. kids and stuff. And I don't know who was going to see Woman in Red, but I think the soundtrack being so huge probably made people go see the movie. And uh, yeah, let's hear it. You got it. And I learned how to play this on piano. By, because it was such a popular song. Any kid who took piano yeah, in the 80s was learning to play this song. Oh, yeah. 
Stevie Wonder's I, I just learned it on my Casio when I was preparing to <laughs> score the uh, major motion picture dreamscape <laughs> in my den. <laughs> All right, here we go. to sarong oh. right there <laughs> <laughs> like chunga's trunk straining upwards to the heavens oh place me in the home you dug for me with that beautiful beautiful rendition but we've been in great hotels sheena this month on hbo the opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.